0: It's Friday, October 7th, 2022, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast.
1: Smokey, this is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. <laughs> Today, Junior, America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by.
2: This episode
0: the of the, the podcast city. is brought to you as always by Man Rubs. Mm. Rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, and all-around barbecue-related gear. For you to make barbecue great again, can be found at Manrubs.com and on Instagram, Man Rubs. Use the code STAKE15 for 15% off. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com and on Instagram, Stay Ready Gear USA. Holsters, custom kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on and off duty gear, hot melted plastic made just for you. Need something custom, they got you covered. Use the code STAKE for 5% off. Don't get ready, stay ready.
3: Well, the Pillow King of Minnesota, the FBI's most wanted in the apparatus known as the MyPillow family. Always got big, big savings going on at MyPillow. Pillow. cow bed sheets, still on sale air lindell's version one or two while supplies last also on sale my dog beds you name it giza dream everything mike lindell's hocking it more of a breakfast person he's got my coffee available in the bean the bag or the pod. you enter promo code to take a check out you're getting big big savings mypillow.com forward slash steak anything sleep related mystore.com forward slash steak anything breakfast related or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative 1-800-658-8045 The top tier of ear gear, the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment, can be found at Odyssey. Whether you're gaming, potting, Inside fish sticks, outside tartar sauce. Oh, get those ear needs taken care of and done up right. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Our good friend Alan has launched the Patriot Cigar Company. Premium handmade cigars, out of Nicaragua, made with 100% long filler tobacco, aged at least three years to give you the best smoke possible. You get 15% off when you enter promo code STICK at checkout. Free shipping on orders over 100. in every box of cigar comes with a $10 e-gift card on your next purchase. MyPatriotCigars.com, a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Mike, down at West Coast Survival Arms, has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's a licensed FFL if you're into the tradesies and don't live in Canada. He's also got a five-star rating. His new redesigned, easy-to-use website is com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. The steak for breakfast backs the blue. We love our first responders, and they're always working hard. While they're off duty, they're probably wearing gear from Mediocre Medic sweatshirt t-shirt flip-flops fanny packs and more stickers and patches for while they're on the job plus they got a pretty fire IG mediocre is the website and last but certainly not least the gold standard of tactical flair home of the zero fucks duck still don't know get all your answers dumpbox.us they're on Instagram they're on Facebook friends follow the show on Instagram at steak for podcast breakfast or on the website at steak for breakfast podcast.com there you will find a link tree that will take you to all our social medias the website our newest Substack, telegram channel and more on that note, to all our friends joining us today on the Patriot Podcast Network via the Roku app, from the Twitterverse, Instagram, Discord, and now via our verified accounts on Getter and True Social, Welcome. Friday edition. Battleground edition. Steak for Breakfast podcast, episode 176. I'm Ron. Noah's joined me. Yo. Guys, we got an amazing episode lined up. We're going to bring you all the news. Two big gubernatorial candidates. Two big U.S. House candidates. All Trump-endorsed. Before we get into any of that, we're going to sit down with one of our absolute favorites. Joining us first on the show today, big battleground edition of Steak for Breakfast. She is the Trump-endorsed, gubernatorial candidate. Great state of Arizona joining us again from the campaign trail. Miss Carrie Lake, thanks for coming back on the show.
4: It is so great to be here. How are you guys doing?
3: Well, we're a lot better now that the uh, most America-first governor candidate in the entire country is joining us. How's everything with you?
4: good we're i mean we're working hard on the campaign trail but we've been doing that since we jumped in the race in january of last year <clears throat> and it's, it's paying off because we're bringing over voters who are independent and um, you would be surprised how many democrats come up to me and say you're the first vote i'm going to cast for a republican candidate and i can't wait to vote for you and it's just because we have common sense policies and people are tired of, of the problems we have and watching our elected officials do nothing to solve them. So we're we're doing great. We're doing about six to 10 events and meetings a day. My opponent is hiding in the basement. She won't debate. And um, it's, it's just a huge contrast. You can see somebody who truly wants to do the job, work hard and represent the people versus somebody who's afraid of the people, afraid to speak, incompetent, and knows that she's not going to win this and is kind of running scared.
0: Yeah. I love all the, all the posts you have with uh, you on the stage with the empty podium on the other side.
4: Can you believe that she wouldn't show up to this Hispanic forum? Yes, Uh, yes. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I do believe it. (laughs) So I spoke for, I don't know, hour and a half, two hours. I've always been open to answering any question. Any question anybody throws at me, I answer. And she's afraid to answer even the most basic question. Um, I can't imagine the voters would put someone like her in office to represent this great state at such a critical time. If we don't get somebody in here who's willing to work hard to secure that border, restore law and order to our streets, make sure our kids are getting properly educated, mm-hmm. and who can represent us on a national stage. She can't even string a sentence together. She's kind of like a female version of Joe Biden.
0: Yeah, There's a lot of that going around with some of the opponents of our uh, our favorites right now. Yeah, I think you're talking about Pennsylvania. Yeah. We'll get to that a little oh, bit yeah. later. Now, Carrie. <clears throat>
3: Talking about this general election, not much has had to change for you based off of your campaign platform that you rolled out, like you said, over a year ago. Obviously, inflation, the economy, gas prices is at the top. But right underneath that is border security with Arizona being a border state and uh, crime, which includes how we've talked about it so many times. We've kind of developed your whole platform over the last year and a half on our show. It, it, It turns into like how it affects the education system, contributes to the homeless epidemic, and then obviously the fentanyl crisis. Now that you're getting out there and talking to a more diverse group, you're you're looking at moderates, you're looking at walkaway Dems and independents. Is the message resonating just as strong uh, as it did during the primary campaign when you were talking to a lot of the base?
4: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, people are people. Arizonans are Arizonans. And the issues that Republicans care about are truly the same issues that Democrats care about. I mean, no Democrat wants to see Arizona become the pipeline for fentanyl, the most dangerous drug we've ever seen. No Democrat wants their children getting their hands on that. No Democrat wants to see crime spiking in our streets. They've got families they want to protect as well. That's why that's an important issue. And I'll tell you what, a lot of Democrats live in neighborhoods where homeless encampments have cropped up they want to see some solutions to that problem to restore quality of life so they can get out and walk the streets and and maybe walk, you know, we have beautiful weather, ride bikes and not have to worry about uh, running into somebody who's uh, high on drugs and a danger. And, You know, Democrats who have children want those children to be properly educated in high school. That's why our our, uh, education program, bringing trade skill training, vocational training, and career certification into our high schools is so popular with all voters. I think at the end of the day, we all kind of want the same things, a safe community, good education, roads that are not filled with potholes. We want the same things
3: no it it's uh you're completely <laughs> right and we hear it every single person we talk about whether they're running for a US house seat their senatorial campaign and then a lot of the governor candidates we've had in here and it just seems like the message is really resonating even people that might not feel like i don't want to completely jump in and dive into the America first way of thinking like the way it's affecting my kids. I had somebody like, even you told us a story about you had a family member that was affected by the fentanyl crisis, the homelessness, the crime. It's kind of hard to just leave your house and conduct a regular day without running into something that just wasn't normal
4: a couple years ago. And it's getting
3: worse. Yeah. And it's all well, because the- And you
4: guys um, see it there in California. I, sure. mean, I just heard Gavin Newsom <laughs> wants to make it a sanctuary state for child genital mutilation and sex uh, gender surgeries and this is this is crazy well think about this cutting off the removing the breasts of a 15 year old girl giving her a hysterectomy because somewhere in in school they convinced her that she can be a boy and vice versa this is somebody's got to stand up and say, stop, enough is enough. This should be criminal, what you're doing to our children. And I really, truly believe that the majority of Democrat voters out there are not for this either. I think the Democrat Party has changed. It's moved so far into this crazy leftist uh, realm that even old school Democrats go, wow, I can't even relate to that. And that's why we're seeing so many people come our way. Yeah, the the thing I see the most is, there's people on the Democrat side
0: or the liberal side or whatever you want to call it and they're just forced to go along with whatever the mainstream of their party is saying, whether they like it or not. Because
3: toe, toe the party line.
0: If they don't, if they if they say anything even remotely negative about the the message that their their party's purporting and then they just get cancelled and it's like they
4: eat yeah. their own. Yeah, look at look and at they're how- afraid to be canceled yeah. yeah i think republicans we've gotten so used to being canceled for so many years now we're like oh who cares if you get canceled and i think for democrats now as they're starting to leave the democrat party and wander into some common sense uh you know p- solutions and come wandering toward america first they're realizing it can be painful to get canceled but Who cares if you get canceled, frankly, if you get canceled and that means we're going to finally have some solutions for our problems. And that's okay. As long as you're not canceled by God, that's what that's what matters. Right. That's pretty much it right there. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it's,
3: it's one of those things where. Like we said, just the way the world is working right now, it doesn't seem like, you know, the alternative. If you think this is about sunsetting Medicare and Social Security and abortion, like those are the top three ticket items right there. It's it's definitely not the way the real world works. I, I do want to kind of stay in that thread, though. Carrie, one of the things we, we've been most impressed about throughout the course of your campaign. Now, I'm sure you have a chain of command that goes like you guys talk about things. It goes up and down, like things you're going to talk about and hit on. But the surprises and, and the hit pieces that people try to get you on all the time, especially in public speaking arenas, uh, the way you've been able to, like, immediately clap back and shut it down, like, right there, I think it's probably been one of the most impressive things uh, throughout the course of your campaign. There were so many people who tried to detract uh, from the legitimacy of your campaign to the importance of your campaign. Uh, they Blew off the Donald Trump endorsement early on, regardless of the size of the rallies and how popular you obviously have been throughout the course of this and how hard of a fighter you've been. What can you say about how that almost seems like a natural reaction for you to immediately shut it down there when people try to drop those like you know one-liners to t- t- kind of get you, whether it's talking about immigration or election integrity or anything? And then, you know, moving forward with like the October surprises, I, I think out of anybody, you're probably more prepared than any of the candidates running in any of the races right now uh, for anything that they're going to try to throw your way.
4: Uh, Yeah, I think it's just standing up to the nonsense, you know, when you realize what the media is pushing, which is propaganda, and we're speaking the truth, it's really easy to point out what they're doing. And you can hear it in just the questions. I mean, it, it's interesting though how covering me watching these Republic or these uh these reporters start to shift how they ask questions because they know if they ask a loaded biased question I'm going to call them out right then and there and say listen to how you asked that question that was loaded with a narrative and an agenda and so because I understand the media so well I'm able to just see what they're doing call them out and then answer the question. And, um, you know, I've had, I've actually had other candidates reach out and say, how can you help me do the same thing? And I can try to help them a little bit, but I think because I understand what these reporters are up to, because I lived in that world yeah. where I saw that on a daily basis, I know how to react to it and set them straight.
3: No, sure. It, it's just been amazing to watch. And it's funny that you say some people have reached out to try and like get advice or just like, think about, you know. Shutting it down right there the way you do, I think, has pretty much stopped all the stupid stuff that they tried to spread about your campaign throughout the beginning and try to say you were either this or that. I mean, even some of the pundits in in conservative talk radio and television that tried to make things that you, you know, did or, or how you looked at things in the past, it's like this whole movement right now is about people who walked away and understand i mean we always point out you jd vance is another probably dr Oz up in pennsylvania someone who you know 10 15 years ago didn't think they would be at the forefront of one of the biggest nationalist campaigns in like the history of our country and um, it's just really a credit to you to have been able to do that and just do it completely professionally you don't go really after the people make it personal or anything you just identify what the situation is what they're trying to do like you said from all your years and experience with the media and how that whole kind kind of, uh, you know, outfit operates, and then you just kind of shut it down.
4: Yeah. Well, we just took the political playbook that people have been following for the past, you know, 30, 40 years. I picked it up. I opened the garbage can. (laughs) I threw it in the garbage can. I shut the garbage can and I rolled it to the curb. Um, We're just not following those old playbooks anymore that are run by High-priced political consultants out of Washington, D.C. and other big East Coast liberal cities. I understand Arizona. I don't need a bunch of outsiders to come in and tell me what the people care about. And we had a great forum the other night. I told you that my opponent didn't show up. And so I answer questions for an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And I get there to the the scrum with these so-called journalists, propagandists. There's a couple good ones in there who are actually fair, just a couple. And... This is the list, by the way, of the most important issues. And this is a CNN poll. Inflation, crime, elections, election integrity, jobs, immigration, infrastructure, and then abortion is seventh on the list. Mm. These people in the media sat there and and it was international media as well and all they wanted to talk about was and i would already asked answered questions on all of those topics i spoke for a long time about abortion i spoke a long time about elections i spoke about everything and they sat there and all they wanted to ask is if you lose will you concede <sighs> and what do you think about abortion? i mean it was just like wow you guys are missing the boat you aren't even speaking to the people anymore all of these issues are important. I'm happy to speak about all of them. But let's remember people are struggling because of inflation. They that's that's taking four to five paychecks yeah. from each and every American and flushing it down the toilet. Yep under Joe Biden. They want to talk about crime and what our plans are to restore safety to our streets. They want to talk about election integrity. I know the media wants to call it the big lie, but people are very concerned that their vote doesn't count anymore. And we're going to restore integrity to our elections. They want to talk about jobs and unemployment. Because they're worried if they lose their job, they're going to be on the streets and homeless. And they want to talk about border security and how we're going to make sure we're building infrastructure and making sure our roads and bridges are safe. And the media is just so off the mark. If they don't figure this out, they're going to go under. It's a cautionary tale. I'm, I'm trying to show them what they're doing wrong to help them. But I'm afraid some of them are just too far gone.
3: No, and it, you, you make an excellent point there. I mean, America First was on display last night in Arizona when Blake Masters had his first debate with Mark Kelly. And, uh, you know, you, you we've already talked extensively uh, how your uh, general election opponent is just refusing to debate you because different than like the Senate, you know, the Senate would obviously vote. Physically with Joe Biden, like a house member would, but the governors would have to go off of their platform of like, where do you line up ideologically with the administration currently now? Completely r- reckless spending, not funding anything to do anything about the borders and the fentanyl crisis and all the other stuff that's going on, crime, jobs, geopolitics, and all that stuff. And, and it seemed like every time Mark Kelly last night wanted to go low or personally attack Blake Masters. Uh, He would just refer back to, yeah, but we've you've had the opportunity for two years to fix that. You voted this way. You defunded this. You defunded that. So I I speculate that more Democrat uh, opponents in this general election cycle now are going to be probably dropping out or lessening the amount of debates they're going to do because they saw last night what happens when someone who's essentially a rookie in politics went and took a seasoned senator to task and, and literally embarrassed him.
4: Oh, and thank God, because Mark Kelly's been an awful senator. Now he's trying to drive around the state acting like a moderate, acting like he's done something for the people of Arizona when he hasn't. I'm ready for him to be sent back into outer space (laughs) to retrieve his brain. And my opponent won't speak. She won't do a debate. And yeah, we, we actually both were at a forum. There were two Hispanic forums this week. One that was put on by Univision and she refused to be on stage with me. She required that they have her park a block away from me so that we couldn't bump into each other in the parking lot. And they wanted them to put drapes up in the hallway so that she couldn't see me and I couldn't see her. It was just it was like junior high. And now I know why, because and, and you'll have to look for it. You guys could probably find it right now and play it. Somebody recorded one of her answers. It was the most painful thing I've ever heard. (laughs) She cannot articulate any of her points. She couldn't answer a simple question. What have you learned? What have you garnered and gained and learned from the Latino community? She stuttered and stammered her way through this in one of the most painful exhibitions of public speaking I've ever seen in my entire life. The ums and ahs and oohs and ums, it it was horrifying. And I if the people of Arizona, when they see this clip, they're going to realize there's no way in hell we can have her representing Arizona on a national stage. I know people who are 10, 11 and 12, actually eight, nine and 10, who are better public speakers than Katie Hobbs. And there's no substance behind her. Her ideas are trash. They'll, They'll trash this state and she can't even articulate a sentence. She actually makes Joe and Kamala look articulate.
5: Oof. Yeah,
4: that's a, uh, she throwing a good cackle every now and then, or,
3: Oh, you, you'd wear out the, <laughs> and you'd wear out the No,
4: <laughs> there's nobody laughing when Katie Hobbs opens her mouth and speaks. It is painful, And uh, really bad. You'll have to take a look at it. And when when you see these people in debates like Mark Kelly and the others, you realize that they have dead-end ideas for Arizona. Their whole goal is to drag this state down and have us look like California. And we're not changing. We are a Wild West Arizona, and we're not going to change. And I can't wait for people to see the clips from Katie Hobbs speaking. They gave her softball questions, and she couldn't even handle them. It was a meltdown on stage, and I think it's going to come out saturday and people are going to be shocked by what they see and they'll realize why she's been hiding in the basement they'll realize it
3: of course and we'll be sharing it all over the place as soon as we get our uh our hands on it carrie you excited I'll to have take the... a look
4: take a look it's out there it's i think it's on youtube i think it's being shared um right now just the sound but since you guys hey before it airs um it's I heard somebody, a young staffer say, wow, if somebody did a drinking game to that sound clip of her <laughs> saying, um, they would, they would be, uh, they would probably need hospitalization by the end of the <clears throat> two or three sentences.
3: Mm. Carrie, are you excited to have the 45th president of the United States back in Arizona this weekend?
4: We can't wait. We're so excited. Another Trump rally coming to Arizona. Uh, President Trump loves Arizona and Arizona loves him. And we're going to be taking the stage with him. And we're really excited about that.
3: No, we're looking forward to it. We're going to be watching it. And we're the only podcast in the country who provides complete coverage of every Trump rally, including all the America first candidates that he calls up on stage. So we'll be hearing some clips from you as well. Carrie, last thing I, I wanted to touch with you on. Uh this is going to be completely opinion and this is uh, you know the best way we can compliment you and I just want to hear your hot take on it. We literally have identified you as the gold standard of this entire election cycle. There are a lot mm-hmm. of qualified people out there, uh but you have put a complete package together and turned it into like literally the grassroots and now like you said people are calling you and asking you for advice on what they need to do down the home stretch here less than five weeks away before people go to the ballot box in Arizona probably the most battleground state of them all most important and largest ticket that Donald Trump endorsed across the board top to bottom just you feeling when you get up in the morning and you go out there and you hit this harder than ever do you feel a little bit of responsibility regardless of how good all the candidates in Arizona are, because they are all top tier to carry this ticket over the finish line.
4: Um, that's a good question. I think we have such great candidates. I, I think they're all awesome. I do have a little bit more of a movement I think with our campaign. And if yeah. we can use that to help bring anybody a couple more points in the polls, a couple more uh you know more voters, that's great. What I bring to the ticket in Arizona is great ideas. I bring the people behind those ideas so we're going to be able to get them accomplished. When you have the people behind you you can accomplish a lot. Yep. And if if our support and our our uh, movement and, and our supporters can help these others, then um, I'm not gonna take credit for it, but I'm happy to help them in any way possible. I always tell every person running on the ticket, if you want my endorsement, if I can help you, I'll do it. If helping you means I stay away, I'll do that. <laughs> but we want every Republican to win. We want a red tsunami, and we want to send a loud and clear message that conservative ideals, conservative principles, common sense policy is the way to go moving forward in Arizona.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it. And we love having you on. We wish you the best of health and luck moving forward down here in the home stretch, Carrie, can you let our listenership know, anybody in Arizona that wants to get involved, boots on the ground, that movement that follows you around, that grows every day. Kind of gives me 2016 vibes of someone I know. Mm-hmm. Can't remember the name off the top of my head. Might see him this weekend in Arizona, though. And you your social medias will live link him in the show today and get all those out of state donors contributing to your campaign as well.
4: That's awesome. Go to my website, carrylake.com K A R I L A K E.com. We've got lots of events. We're still taking the job interview on the road because yeah. my opponent is too afraid to show up for the job interview, the debate. We're going out. I think we're having our sixth or seventh Ask Me Anything event tonight. It's in North Scottsdale. We've been all over the state with these. So go to my events page if you're in Arizona and want to come to that. We're answering all the questions people have. And then, of course, the big rally. And tomorrow, Saturday, we are actually um, going to be unveiling and putting out our economic policy, and we've changed it up a bit because the the, uh, um, economy is so bad, it's getting worse, that we're going to be offering a half a billion dollars in immediate tax cuts to people of Arizona in the form of getting rid of the grocery tax and the rent tax immediately so that hardworking Arizonans have more money in their pocket to offset Joe Biden's uh, dismal economy.
3: Absolutely. Carrie, we'll be looking to have you back at some time. Between... After the election and when you're sworn in. And uh, like I said, we wish you the best of health and luck down the stretch here. And uh, have a great time with President Trump this weekend. This is the America first Trump-endorsed gubernatorial candidate, battleground state of Arizona, Miss Carrie Lake. Thanks for coming back on the show.
4: Thanks, guys. Have a great one. You take care.
5: The White Lives Matter Mm -hmm. t-shirt you brought out at Paris Fashion Week. Why, Why did you do that and what did it mean? You know... I, did, I do
6: certain things from a feeling, I like. I just, I just channel the energy, it just feels right. It's using a gut instinct, a connection with God, and just brilliance. You know, like if you ask like, Tanya Harding how she did the, the triple flip or the triple spin, yeah. she was in so much practice that when it was time for her to skate in a... in a a competitive format, it just happened. Like, it happened outside of practice. It happened in the real format. And that's that's what's happening. God is, like, preparing us for the real real battles. And we are are in a battle with the media. Like, the majority of the media has a a godless agenda. And the jokes are networking. This whole, like, oh, yay, he's crazy, and all these things, they don't work. Because the media has... You know, they've also watched travesties happen, just even specifically to me, and just watch it and act like it wasn't happening, and they stay quiet about it. Uh, what have so, they- What, is, what I want to answer the, the white- yeah. I, I feel like someone caught what I was saying, the comparison to Tanya Harden about the, the White Lives Matter. You know, my dad is an educated um, ex-Black Panther, and he put a text to me today, he said, white lives matter, ha, 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 ha. And I said, I thought the shirt was a funny shirt. I thought the idea of me wearing it was funny. And I said, dad, what do you think it was funny? He said, just just a black man stating the obvious. (laughs) And, you know, my dad doesn't listen to rap music. And he's like super educated. We we opened up a water distribution center in the Dominican Republic together. He's like the original Steve Jobs, but he was getting blocked every which way with all of his ideas. And he didn't have uh, an endless bank account and he didn't have an Instagram. So all these ideas, he had to like take them back and compress them. Like my dad is the most brilliant person that I know. And we actually have a strained relationship because I was taken from him. Because my mom was an actress, so she was a liberal. And my dad would see certain things and say, you know, we should do it this way, we should do it that way. And the people got around my mom and pulled her away, much like, you know, Kim is a Christian, but she has people who want her to go to Interview Magazine and put her ass out while she's a 40-something-year-old multi-billionaire with four black children. And this is what how fashion wants to, uh, how they want to present her. So I know you give these, um, you get these questions and I give you like these three-part answers. This is this a cool format for you? Yeah, I love I it. it.
5: Okay, cool. And I am following it. All right. So you said um, that your father said when he saw the shirt, White Lives Matter, it's great to see a black man stating the obvious. So by which I think you meant that's obviously true. Yeah, that my favorite
6: response, because I kept on thinking like, you know, people, they're looking for an explanation and people say, well, as an artist, you don't have to give an explanation, but as a leader, you do. Yes, I think that's right. So the answer to why I wrote White Lives Matter on a shirt is because they do. Mm. Yeah. That's that was- the obvious thing.
3: Makes sense. That was part of the... Uh interview yesterday we're going to get into a little bit more uh tucker carlson sat down with kanye west and uh you know when i saw it break in late in the afternoon that they were going to have an interview uh last night i kind of with all the stuff that's going on blew it off i really didn't see it's like major importance but when i kind of look at the big picture of things on who we've got on our team we've got a couple great country music singers right Mm -hmm. uh you know god bless america and uh we've got james wood We've got uh, John Voigt. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Sandler's friend. What's his name? The You Can Do It guy. Oh, uh,
0: it's blank. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about.
3: We got him. Listen, Twitter took Elon Musk to task when he made some suggestions about coming to a reasonable peace deal that involved Russia keeping what they've got and Ukraine shutting the fuck up and taking the now th- almost 31 border walls worth of money mm. and-, and just riding off into the sunset, not joining NATO and blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody kind of like hit him up for it, Putin sympathizer, and all this other crap. Noah told me before the show started today. I guess Starling's having a little bit of uh, operational black outages over Ukraine. So for the worst war zone in the history of war zones, where all the nightclubs are open and all the restaurants are open, and everybody's having a good old fucking time there, uh, they can't be checking their Instagram because their internet's down. And that's, that's uh, a shame.
0: I guess Tinder's probably. Suffering a little bit right now.
3: Yeah, all those Russian mail-order brides. (laughs) But, you know, the fact of the matter, then I got to thinking, all right, let me check it out. So I I went back and I watched it last night in its entirety. I said, you want to know what? It's all about stacking chips. It's like the same thing as when we look at the uh, midterm elections. We may not like all the candidates who made it through to the general election. Some of them might be rhinos. Some of them might be, you know, McCarthy bros and McCarthy Sisses. And... Some of them might not be Trump-endorsed uh, f- for the right reasons because they don't deserve it or they're not America first. But the fact of the matter is, if we want to get to great numbers, which is 53-ish, 245-ish, and 35-ish, we're going to have to accept who is the R on the ballots right now and go to the ballot box in overwhelming numbers and get them all over the finish line on November 8th. Um, and I think it's the same thing when you talk about people with celebrity status like Kanye West uh, coming out and talking about you know, not just why white lives matter, which, I mean, that's kind of a, you know, odd talking point to be honest with you. But you know, all lives matter. But but the whole pushback against the Black Lives Matter narrative, I think that's great that someone with his power and influence, um, especially since he's developed more of like a, you know, Christian theme to his whole thing. Now that uh, you know, he's coming and saying things that are, you know, America first.
0: Well, it draws attention to everything that's going on with that, and it draws attention to the fraud that that organization was, and how clever it was to name their organization the name that they did because it 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 was just like the it was just like the "I'm a woman" thing. It's like, uh, well, I identify as a you know a woman or blah 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 and this this and this and they're like what you don't you don't believe I'm a woman and then if you're against anything like well this this BLM movement like what you don't think black lives matter it's like no i do think black lives matter i just don't like this organization who's preying on basically the people that they're supposed to be protecting
3: yeah it's like it, it, it was like a new operational like pitchfork and torch lit mob mm-hmm. of like planned parenthood or all the lies they tell urban Democrats during election season. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to put in parks and it's going to be great and your kids' school is going to be nice. Yeah, people who live in New York, Philly, D.C., Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, places like that. I'm pretty sure that those commercials that the Democrats run during election season are doing absolutely marvelous for you. People up in Detroit, heard it's lovely this time of year.
0: Well, Eric Adams just, uh, what, he, he just officially named a state of emergency in New York because of all the migrants. Yeah. Imagine Weird. that.
3: Uh, Kanye would go on to talk about death threats he received for wearing a certain hat throughout the course of the last couple of years that he's been uh, dipping his toe into the water of politics.
5: Um, how, when did you start to feel this way? When did you start to realize this? I,
6: I really felt like, I think I started to really feel this need to express myself on another level. When Trump was running for office, and I liked him, yes. and every single person in Hollywood, from my ex-wife to my mother-in-law to my manager at that time, to you know, my, my so-called friends/handlers around me, mm. told me, like if I said that I liked Trump, that my career would be over, that my life would be over. Uh, they said stuff like people get killed for wearing a hat like that, they threaten my life, they put my life. They basically said that I would be killed uh for uh wearing the hat i had a, a, someone call me last night and said anybody wearing a white lives matter shirt is going to be green lit and that means that they're going to beat them up if they wear it and i'm like you know okay green light meeting <laughs> you know you know god builds warriors in a different way i don't know if it's because of me being a born in atlanta and growing up on the south side of Chicago that, you know, he made me for such a, such a time like this. It's like with David. You know, he tended to the sheep, but while he was out there, he had to fight all kinds of animals. So when it was time for Goliath to come, he thought because he was a sheep herder that he didn't have the skill set to take down Goliath. And the thing that I have is the position, I have my heart, but the number one thing is we have God on our side. And for the people, even if you don't believe in God, God. You know, it's
3: so, it's so weird the way introverts work sometimes. Is it, no? Do you find it odd that how how do you
0: hear how uncomfortable he is?
3: Yeah, he he's, seems very. He's, he's sitting in a hotel room in a warm-up suit with Tucker
0: Carlson, and he's just like you can hear him like his voice quivering a little bit.
3: And meanwhile, like he he can go on stage and, and he's literally played before hundreds of thousands of people and done a two-hour set mm-hmm. flawlessly. Yep. And then you sit him down with someone who he's friendly with. I mean, I saw the outtakes from the interview yesterday. I don't know if, if you saw any of it. Tu- Tucker kicked off his loafers. Uh, he didn't have socks on because c- he was wearing, you know, like the dress loafers, and, and Kanye West took off his boots and wanted Tucker to try them on, so he let Tucker put his barefoot in his big, oversized fucking <laughs> Yeezy moon boot. But, uh, yeah, just, it, it's, you know, but like I said, stacking chips, having someone with major influence and pull that understands that this movement this journey that Donald Trump talks about, how it's just beginning, we have no idea who is going to come out of the woodwork. And, uh, you know, even though Kanye was off the reservation for a while, and, you know, he's alluded to a lot of the things that, that stem from the relationship with his ex-wife, um, you know, it looks like he's coming back. He talked about that manipulative behavior, believe it or not, and that's the next clip I pulled, so let's, let's listen to it real quick.
5: How close was she to the Clintons?
6: I mean, cell phone away,
3: like, or, hey, tell Ye
6: to say this away, or, hey, go out and use your platform to push uh, the vaccination away. Mm. I mean, not away, but, like, take the away part, but, you Do know. Do you
5: feel like at times you were manipulated by political forces through your wife?
6: Attempt manipulation. But,
5: yes, there was some manipulation. Me not
6: saying I like Trump yeah. was a, a form of a, A manipulation,
5: for sure. Yeah. Why did you like him, by the way? You said you liked him early, like you saw him. I mean, uh,
6: I I keep telling this joke. If people say Trump was the first black president, I'm gonna be the first Latino president, because all the values, the the conservative values, just line up. Come on, man. Trump's the. What do you mean? He has his own buildings. We talk about. He's like. (laughs)
3: We got a real tucky laugh. <laughs> he <Yeah>. made Ivanka. <laughs> oh, I like that one.
0: <laughs> oh man.
3: No, it, it's it's good. You know, it, it's it's good to see that he's coming back around. And you know, I'm, I'm sure it was weird behind the scenes, probably how he reached out to Tucker Carlson, and uh, you know, touched on a couple different things. I think MAGA is a huge one, and that's the only reason why it made the show today. Um, it looks like he may be a part of the movement again moving forward now that he's kind of fully separated from his wife and he's kind of, you know, getting his life back together. The last clip I pulled from this, I thought it was a very important one and definitely ties in to this whole midterm election cycle. That's what we're trying to do here. Stay focused on that was what Kanye West talking about, his pro-life stance. And uh, let's check it out real quick and then we'll, uh, you know, talk about the whole thing.
5: And you're still on from it and there's a photograph on it. What is that? It's a photograph of a baby's ultrasound. Why is that? And that you designed that? Yes. Why? What does that mean? Uh, it just represents life and pro-life. Boy, so you wear it on a badge. What, what kind of response do you get? And, and good, amen. I agree.
6: I don't care about people's responses. I care about the fact that there's more black babies being aborted than born in New York City mm. at this point. That 50% of black death in America is abortion. So I really don't care about people's responses. I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. I'm <laughs> starting. I'm
5: starting to see why they want to make you.
3: Yeah, why they want to make you quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, what he was talking about there, he was referring. He had like a set piece necklace on that was like the size of a eight by eleven piece of legal paper folded in half, and it was diamond encrusted to look like a baby's ultrasound, probably mm-hmm. one of his own kids, and. uh You know, they alluded to in parts of that interview how he couldn't talk about being pro-life while he was married to Hollywood and uh, you know Kim Kardashian and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that'd be a one-way ticket out of it. So, I mean, love is a weird
3: thing. It's very, uh, you know, you saw what it did to Kanye West with Kim Kardashian and all of her boyfriends that she was like touting around while they were going through their separations and stuff like that. And again, I think they have four children together and moving forward, it's probably not going to be. It's probably going to be continued to be messy. But the fact of the matter is, is he, he him being able to sit down and verbalize all the things that went on behind the scenes, the inner conflict that he went through and the fact that it looks like he's ready to come home. I still remember we talked about it on the show when he went to visit Donald Trump in the Oval Office, the awkward moment when he literally walked around everybody, including the Secret Service, to give Donald Trump like a bro hug. And, you know, it was just natural for Donald Trump because he's always very touchy-feely and personal with people. But to do it in the Oval Office, to, like, le- literally lean across the resolute desk and hug the president while he's in the middle of, like, a presser. Yeah, you
0: imagine, like, the Secret Service guys like, I can't fucking tackle this guy. Like, wh- this look really bad. What yeah. do I do? So,
3: and, but, uh, you know, I-, I hope to see more of that moving forward. It would be nice to see these guys like the Kanye Wests and, uh, you know, get out and really support these America first candidates as they're heading down towards the finish line. And then again, it would be even better to see him on the campaign trail with Donald Trump after these midterm elections. Speaking of which, we're going to jump right back into it right now on this huge battleground edition of the show. And we're going to be sitting down with the man who's looking to make the Keystone State great again. Joining us next on the show today, he's the Trump endorsed America first gubernatorial candidate, Republican Party, battleground state of Pennsylvania. He's joining us again. Senator Mastriano, thanks for coming back on the show.
7: Thanks for having me. And things are looking good on the on the uh, polls as far as Trafalgar and, and Barris go here. So it's neck and neck. And that's after my opponent spent twenty-six million dollars. He's getting no traction.
3: No, he absolutely isn't, and he's running and hiding as usual. Imagine that. How's everything going? Heading, in, It changes up gears a little bit going from the primary season into general election. You're talking to a bunch of different people, walkaways, moderates, independents, and stuff like that. How is that America First message resonating with them the same way it did massively to the base in the primary season?
7: Yeah, it, it speaks volumes because the other side stands for lawlessness. You know, my opponent is the attorney general. He's been the attorney general for six years. And uh, we see rampant crime across the state. You know, Philadelphia is, is a, a, a true vignette of Democrat failed policies. We're looking at the fourth highest in fentanyl deaths, uh, almost 600 homicides on track for this year, 1,000 carjackings, and it's spilling over into the suburbs now.
3: Yeah, imagine that. We had Carrie Lake on the show earlier, and a lot of the issues that you're bringing up now in the battleground state of Pennsylvania are the same ones that they're having in the battleground state of Arizona. Crime, inflation, gas prices, homelessness, fentanyl crisis. And uh, it seems like you... People like Kerry, obviously a lot of the senatorial and House nominees that are heading into the general election right now have the answers. And, and the progressive lefts, the people like uh, Josh Shapiro, don't. What are the biggest issues right now that you're hitting on that differ from, obviously, what he's saying, uh, which is, you know, abortion is important. Uh, Republicans are going to end Social Security and we don't have any answers for anything uh, pretty much at all.
7: So across the state, inflation, cost of living, uh, gas and energy prices here, we're going to have probably a cold winter, they're predicting, and uh, it's going to be between uh, heating and eating this year, thanks (laughs) to these failed Democrat policies. And the irony is, we're an energy-producing state, we we should have no problem with the You know, cheap gas, cheap oil or cheap coal. But thanks to uh, the failed policies of my opponent here, it's going to be a rough winter. Uh, And then, of course, in the southeast, it's a crime law and order. since uh, there's lawlessness. I was uh, downtown Philly this past week, went to Kensington without cameras. I don't do stunts. I hate political stunts. Went down to see for myself with my wife, uh, the the, uh, hopelessness in the only open air drug market in the nation. I mean, it's chilling. There's there's daily shootings, daily deaths, daily homicides. And the Democrat mayor and they've had Democrat mayors in Philly since 1950 and a Democrat controlled city council since 1962 is not lifting a finger to protect the people.
3: Yeah, he certainly isn't. And, uh, you know, we talk about on the show all the time how cities of historical importance to this country, namely places like Philadelphia, have fallen so far. And we need somebody to get into that governor's office who's going to reign that everything from top to bottom in. Doug, you have a brand new campaign uh, ads rolling out right now, and uh, they're pretty powerful. You're hitting on the issues. You know, you're talking about all the the top ticket issues that we've talked about, but you're also talking about God. You're talking about family, the things that are important to the hardworking, blue-collar, middle-class people in Pennsylvania. Uh, How was it getting those commercials finally out there, getting some money in from the Republican Party to, uh, you know, energize your campaign here as we get ready to hit the stretch?
7: Well, it, it was funded by the people of the state and the nation. You know, people. Sadly, the establishment Republican Party that doesn't see the significance or importance of Pennsylvania. The Democrats do. The Democrats have poured about thirty million dollars into their gubernatorial uh, race here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're funded by the people, and uh, people across the nation see that the tide can turn in Pennsylvania as this, as the founding state of our nation. And uh, in that, it felt great getting to add out there. Strategically, the timing is perfect because, my, as I mentioned before, my opponent spent tens of millions of dollars, and he's gotten no traction. I mean, uh, other than the ridiculous, uh, you know, polls that come out that that are rigged against uh, Republicans. Um, and Ron DeSantis helped us with fundraising last month when he came up. Uh, Ron DeSantis, when he was talking with me and my wife, and we were together with his wife uh, for about an hour before the event, that the rally we had in Pittsburgh, he, he reminded me that – the he said, Doug, don't listen to the polls anyway, because the, all the polls showed him losing. You know, additionally, all the polls this time last year showed that Glenn Yonkin losing as well by yep. double digits. And so we just need to run our race. Uh, we have internal polling that I feel very good about. But we ha- what really matters is what happens with the people of Pennsylvania on 8 November. We got to show up in overwhelming numbers.
3: No, we certainly do. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Moving forward right now uh, and heading up to the general election campaign, what are some of the big events that you're going to be do- We know you're out there doing stuff all day, but do you have some big events, fundraisers planned? Do you have anybody else like a Governor DeSantis coming up to uh, do events with you moving forward?
7: Oh, yes. We we had some big headliners coming in. We're going to announce those down the road. Uh, Every week we're going to have a rally somewhere in the state. Uh, My wife and I wrapped up our 67-county tour uh, beginning after the primary uh, on this past Saturday in the southeast. And these are just fantastic. I mean, my opponent, he can't draw flies. His kickoff rally in Pittsburgh, he had a whopping 65 people show up. (laughs) In my announcement rally, a day after a snowstorm this past January in Gettysburg, we had 1,500 people show up. Wow. Uh, we, we Yeah, it's incredible. We uh, we had a meet and greet scheduled in Chester County, you know, right outside of Philly, on, on a Saturday morning, 10, 10 o'clock. And uh, it was you know meet and greets, maybe one to 300 people, time to mingle and talk and get pictures. Uh, 500 people showed up. It turned into a rally. And then a couple hours later, we went over to Bucks County near Washington Crossing State Park, a historic location. And uh, we had over 1,000 people pack out the house there. And we're seeing that e- even in the most rural counties across the state. We're packing in more people in Forest County and Elk County and, Fult- and Fulton County, very rural, then Josh Shapiro could pull together in Pittsburgh. So we have the momentum, but it- I'm asking for people to go to DougForGov.com. Volunteer and or donate to help us get across the line.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm telling you, Doug. You're leading the movement right now. Not looking at the, a lot of those generic cable news polls. That's not where to go. Some of the real biggest pollsters out there are showing ones that you're basically navigating right now on the margin of error. And if they're going to give you that, I'm sure there's a lot of internal polling on the Democrat side yeah. that shows that you're already ahead. And you're just gonna. We know how you're gonna work it. You're gonna put your head down. You're gonna to go to work for the people of Pennsylvania, and that's gonna roll right into January when you're sworn into office. We do want to be able to direct all of our listenership to continue to help you. Boots on the ground, funding coming from in and out of state. So if you want to give us your uh, campaign website one more time and your social medias, we'll live link them in the show today.
7: Thank you. Go to DougForGov.com. And this state matters.
3: (laughs) No, it certainly does. You've been saying it since – last year when you, when you first announced and, and you came on and did an interview with us Pennsylvania is the keystone state, we feel that way up and down the ticket there, but you're at the top of it right now, this is the Trump endorsed America First gubernatorial candidate, state of Pennsylvania Senator Doug Mastriano. thanks for coming back on the show
7: Thank you gentlemen, God bless
3: You too No,
1: the, 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 the trip was not essentially for oil the trip was about the Middle East and about Israel and, and rationalization of positions but Amazing. it is a disappointment and it says that they're a
4: problem
0: did he just moonwalk away
3: as soon as they asked him you know everybody peppered him a question at the same time but the one reporter was like are you ready to unleash american energy he was like "Moonwalked right out of there (laughs) so no answer and then right to Marine one. Like,
0: what is the most, how is the most awkward way I can respond to that question but not respond at the same time?
3: I wonder if they're, like, shock-collaring him so he can't talk. Because it looked like he wanted to say something, but he just kept walking backwards. Maybe they
0: have, like, a rope tied around his waist. We just can't see it. It's, like, green screened out. <sighs> and there's, just like, five Secret Service guys just pulling him backwards.
3: <laughs> that was the 46th FAPOTUS of the United States.
0: I, I told you, uh, I, I feel like eventually they're just going to skyhook him out of there.
3: Prior to his departure to Florida yesterday, where he went back down to uh, Big Dick Ronland <laughs> to visit the hurricane disaster zone, after he visited Puerto Rico earlier in the week, some not good photo ops for Ron DeSantis. There was one where Joe Biden was—he uh, was talking with uh, somebody walking, and Ron DeSantis is like looking down at the ground, walking right next to them, and he just looks like—well,
0: I mean, you can't be thrilled.
3: No, he certainly can't. And and remember, this is Joe Biden going down to Florida to meet with Ron DeSantis, like literally 72 hours after the vice president of the United States said black people and Hispanics were getting their houses fixed before white people. Mm -hmm. It's awkward. You know what else is awkward? Some of these talking points Joe Biden alluded to while Ron DeSantis was standing right behind him. So bad. (laughs)
8: And federal officials need to do differently to prevent future loss of life.
1: What the governor's done is pretty remarkable so far. I mean, this is what what he's, what he's done. In terms of you know, it's it's uh, you know, first of all, the biggest thing the governor's done, and so many others have done, they've recognized this thing called global warming. What the world is changing. It's changing and we have to change the way with the zoning code. So for example, uh, my, the woman who heads up all this, this, this area for me, uh, Liz showed me a picture this woman? of the telephone poles we put up. Liz, where, where, where okay. were they? <coughs> where they? Liz, Liz. Anyway, Liz showed me a picture Liz. of the telephone poles Liz. We put up a in Florida, point, I'm not sure what... Where where were that telephone pole you were showing? The there? telephone the pole. right here, in Fort Myers Beach. In, 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 for Fort Myers Beach. Instead of doing cement poles or wooden poles, we put up steel poles. And guess what? They all were sustained. They all survived. The wires survived, the poles survived. It cost more money to put them up, but they survived. We also
3: know we put a lot of this on. Un- Oh, 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 oh. You think Ron DeSantis was thrilled to say...
0: I didn't realize Ron DeSantis was such a proponent of uh, global warming.
3: Apparently, <laughs> that was shortly after he said he didn't kneel at the pews of the church of...
0: The pews.
3: <laughs> the pews of climate change. It's not like you can like go to the microphone and be like, uh, actually,
0: I didn't say that. Can you imagine if he did, though?
3: N- yeah. So now everybody's going to hit him up for that one. And yeah. like I said, there were some really bad photos. I actually sent you. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, what, they're just going to take a video, and they're going to go frame by frame and find the most awkward DeSantis grimace, you know, looking at his feet. Like, there. it's, I oh, mean. Oh, yeah.
3: He had the white cowboy boots on, too. There was a lot of memes. White cowboy boots? Yeah. So they were doing, like, all the way up to the crotch boots. Like yeah. Like, Photoshopping it all the way up to there.
0: Oh. <laughs> Yeah, there's some bangers out there. I
3: sent you uh I texted you this morning the audio clip which I hope replaces the stupid son of a bitch button.
0: Oh, right. Nobody fucks with Biden. Oh, it's terrible.
3: <laughs> but uh yeah. I like the one
0: I like the one where it's uh it's like the the game show and it's like nobody fucks with the Biden it's like A bicycles, B stairs, yep.
3: <laughs> C the Saudis. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, we did score some wins this week, though, even though Joe Biden's trip to Florida is big, fat L, as usual, and that's because he's, you know, essentially making a public speaking appearance. And uh, I, was, I was literally hoping while he was walking around calling out for that lady, Liz, that it wasn't someone that also had died, mm. and it would have been even more awkward. Um, we did see... That um,
0: might have just been some random He's like, fuck, okay, I'll be Liz.
3: True story. Wednesday, uh, the Fifth Circuit announced that DACA is unconstitutional weird huge hit right in the uh groinal area of the biden regime for something that they uh wanted to start rolling out millions and millions of u.s citizenships for people who are now in their 30s and mostly have criminal records let's hear it
8: House issuing a statement on behalf of president biden calling the court's decision unlawful. And while temporary protections will remain in place for those already here, the future of the program is a less certain the president biden saying today's decision is a result of continued efforts by republican state officials to strip daca recipients of the protections and work authorization that many have now held for over a decade my administration is committed to defending dreamers against attacks from republican officials in texas and other states the challenge to daca is just another example of the extreme agenda being pushed by maga republican officials MAGA. Well, the fifth circuit court of appeals can- included that the former president did not have the authority to create the program in 2012, sending it back to the lower courts to review an August revision by the Biden administration. That ruling, though, does not mean that the Biden administration has to shut the program down. Yet. It will, however, allow it to renew existing applications, but they will not be able to process applications for first time DACA recipients.
3: I'm, I'm pretty sure that Alejandro Mayorkas will write some Oh, yes. Yeah, administrative policy that allows... Scathing it, bullshit. Just like he's done with everything else. Um, speaking of people that are trafficked into this country illegally, last week we we let off the show talking about the, the crisis on the southwest border, and we let in with that piece from Jesse Waters' show where they had, you know, the girls ushered in from the Golden Triangle countries, and nobody knew where they were going, human trafficking, long story short, sponsors. Um, which is both equal parts creepy and scary. Mm-hmm. Uh. Jesse Waters did a follow-up piece last night. and
0: uh, Well, it's a, if somebody's getting a mail-order bride, are, are they the sponsor?
3: Well, we're going to find out who the sponsors are because he went and got some receipts. Let's hear it. Ooh.
9: Last night, we showed you exclusive video of a plane filled with migrants being left at Orange County Airport in Montgomery, New York. No one knew they were coming. The local police were unprepared. Biden was clearly trying to sneak them in. Mm-hmm. But this is nothing new for the Biden team. I mean, they do this all the time. Late Friday evening, police pulled over one of the buses leaving the airport, and the bus was carrying 50 teens from Guatemala and Venezuela. Migrants, mostly teenage girls. The plane came from Texas, but nobody really knew where they were headed. Police then boarded the bus to find out what the hell was going on. And primetime spent the last 24 hours investigating the situation, and there is a web of human trafficking in play, sanctioned by the U.S. government, With a lot of money changing hands. The group moving these migrants is known as MVM Inc. They're one of several NGOs that contracts with the feds to transport unaccompanied migrant kids across the country through the sponsor process. And it looks like moving migrants is good business. MVM signed a deal with Homeland Security for one hundred and thirty six million dollars last year. Wow. So it's our tax dollars that are funding the human trafficking. Perfect.
3: Yeah, I gotta love that, right? Kudos to Jesse Waters for blowing the lid off that. I'm sure that's not the first <clears throat> NGO he's going to discover is trafficking kids all over this country, and uh, shan't be the last. Well, it's
0: these these NGOs. I mean, are we going to find out the same thing that we find out about like these uh, charities that are that are sketchy, where the NGOs like paying their rent and they're on their Beverly Hills mansion and all this other nonsense? In a Beverly Hills dungeon, you mean? Well, you know, I mean, goes without saying. The yeah. the DACA thing. Back to that.
3: Yeah, circle back.
0: So the saying is unconstitutional, and yes. I think one of the main arguments uh, for DACA was basically saying, "Well, these children aren't guilty because of the crimes that their parents committed, or the crime of you know coming here illegally or whatever." Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of one of the main bullet points, right? Yeah. Okay. So. Why do I have to pay reparations again? Oh. I mean, it's kind of the same stuff. They 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 can't contradict themselves on anything, and you could use a plethora of examples of the things that they want.
3: I like where you're going with
0: this, and it just it just bounces and it backfires. It's like, all right, well, in this case, it's okay, but not in this case. Uh-huh. In this case, you have to pay. In this case, you don't. It's, I just I think now with everything that's going on and. You know, the the publicity and just the outright lies that are coming to light. People are just starting to see it for what it really is. Joe Biden's literally funding slavery
3: right now in yeah. this country.
0: I mean, the fact that they are losing these children. Hundreds of thousands since he took office. Like, <laughs> like I understand, like, there's going to be a couple that fall through the cracks. Like, change of address, uh, bad phone number, whatever. But when it's a majority of them... Mm-hmm. Like, these kids are literally going into sweatshop work, who knows, the sex trade, Mm -hmm. you name it, uh, agriculture. Scariest and grossest things possible. Yeah, it's just disgusting.
3: Yeah. And these kids have, like, no contacts, no paper, no money. They're essentially just, like, a human with nothing attached to them. What if something happens to them, God forbid? You think anybody cares? Mm -mm. Or knows? Or is going to tell if anything happens to them?
0: Well, yeah, and then are these sponsors, are they going to, I mean, are they getting public assistance to take care of these kids too? Are they getting a check every month? And then if the kid just disappears, are they, are they still collecting the check? Is there anybody, che- well, checking on the checks?
3: To get federal, even state assistance, are they lying and saying that these kids are U.S. citizens, posing as U.S. citizens, to be raised as U.S. citizens and just become U.S. citizens when they're illegally trafficked in and given to these people at a very young age? Yeah, makes sense. So, I mean, if, if you were, like, let's say under the age of five and, and you just assumed that you were a U.S. citizen because your parents told you so. Like, would you ever Well, think- that
0: that actually happened with a lot of the, the DACA kids. Yep. Yep.
3: So very, very alarming. Not as alarming as the recruitment numbers that weren't hit this year throughout the military, missing the mark by nearly uh, 20,000 across the board.
0: Yeah, and you can factor in that number, mm-hmm. but you're also looking at bad retention too yep. because, you know, hypothetically left, right? speaking, if I knew somebody who's in the military, who's had it up to, you know, I'm making a visual representation of here. Okay. Like they're not going to reenlist. No. Like a person that was planning on doing their 20 years is going to bust out at eight yeah. and just be like, you know what? It's not worth it.
3: No pronouns and vaccine mandates aren't worth it. Mm-mm. Most notably we saw Joe Biden congratulated a coast guard member this week who literally uh, via hel- helicopter airlift, rescued some people during the height of Hurricane Ian. He is up for termination today on Friday, literally for refusing the vaccine mandates. And he received like a... Well, apparently it really affected his ability to do his job. Certainly did, right? Saved a whole bunch of lives. Uh, John Kirby, who's... Can he get a presidential pardon, do you think? Thrice vaccinated and positive with COVID appeared on Fox and Friends yesterday morning to talk about these high attrition numbers and low recruitment rates. Let's hear it.
5: Talk some sense into this White House to reverse policy. Well,
10: I'll tell you, Brian, I mean, and we, you know, you and I have talked about this quite some time over the last year or so. Uh, the vaccinations are a, a valid military requirement. You want your troops to be ready. And part of being ready is being healthy and not being able or not having the ability to infect your unit and make their unit readiness uh, any worse than it is? Look, uh, I'm talking to you from home here because I'm wrapping up my own uh, bout with COVID here over the last ten Adamal days. Exact- uh, going to get, I'm
5: exactly. I'm get. But listen, uh, just to blend in the military and the science. We all know that this vaccine does not address any of the variants we're currently experiencing. So therefore, there's minimal positive to getting it now, which is why you guys don't even talk about it. To invest in our people and train them and then dismiss them for experimental vaccine is folly when you can't recruit. Every one of your branches can't recruit their threshold, yet you're kicking out good men and women. How do you explain that?
10: well look brian first of all the navy did make their uh, recruiting goals for enlisted personnel this year yes it's a tough recruiting environment we recognize that Uh, but it's also you have a requirement to be healthy to be able to serve and this is a valid military requirement it's a you really think so vaccine and and look, even even if it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID, I'm double boosted. I got it myself here. Just so the that's last your week decision. Or so. so four it means, shots it still has it. It makes symptoms a lot less right. severe. It gets you back on on duty. So it's uh, worth uh, kicking out good. health so, the healthiest
5: people in our country who are already sacrificing. Your, it's worth kicking them out. Brian.
10: Brian, we would rather not lose anybody, of course, uh, to the vaccine. We'd uh, ra- rather not lose right. anybody uh, from a retention perspective to have them leave the service earlier than they wanted or we wanted them to. Right. But it's a valid military requirement. No, it, no it isn't. This is an experimental we vaccine that just came air, off Brian, the shell.
5: You know it's not valid Brian. and in the, it's risk our national security. Brian, Admiral, you are a military no. officer. You could talk sense into Brian. this White
10: House. I, I was a military officer. That's why I'm telling you. That, that vaccines are common for you. You can't even join the military without taking about a dozen or so vaccines to make sure that you're healthy so that you can, can, you can contribute to the unit's success and readiness. We don't yeah. want to lose anybody to the vaccine. You're losing 20,000. the 000. vaccine or not, we don't. But, but Brian, what you, you got to have a healthy force. This is a valid health requirement. <gasps> health is. Is central to yes. our readiness oh, as a military unit. Oh. And you're not just, it's not right, just Admiral, about you. We, we're going to have to
11: go, but it's it. just hard because we, we talked about this amazing hero who's in the Coast Guard and he rescued someone yep. who could potentially drown um, down there in the Fort Myers area. Yep. And now he's Back getting home. kicked out. Exactly. And so that's just, it's so hard as Americans to know that that person wouldn't be saved if he weren't working right now. Right. And in 30 to 60 days, he's going to be kicked out. So he saved a life. And all of these military men and women have saved so. Many lives over the course of their training. So it's just really disheartening to see that for religious reasons, when they don't get a vaccine, they're going to get kicked out. But Admiral, thank you for The
10: vaccine itself helps helps save lives
5: too. All right. And and is it worth it you losing 20,000?
10: We would rather lose nobody, Brian, but it's a valid military requirement that helps unit readiness. That's the important thing you got to remember. All right. All right.
8: Thank you so much for coming on.
5: Thanks for joining us from your you home, uh, and we did not realize you were battling COVID or coming off COVID. So good luck. To-
0: yeah, good job. So, so okay. I saw um, you type and hit it. A valid military requirement. Oh, I'm going to hit this first. Valid military requirement. Uh-huh. Okay. We've already established that there are no FDA authorized vaccines available to anyone in the military. Correct. Nor will these vaccine companies produce any of these. Uh, FDA-authorized versions of the vaccine. Okay. And saying that the vaccine is, what was it? Uh, community? Community, but uh, what was it? Uh, interchangeable yet legally distinct. Right. We haven't talked about this in a while. No. That just means you can't make the military members do it. So right. all of these people getting basically harassed and kicked out of the military and had their careers ruined or they're, motivation to be in the military ruined because there, I know people that are just so fucking tired of this bullshit mm-hmm. that they're just like, you know what? I'm done. I don't even care. Like, give me a bad eval. Fuck off. I don't even care anymore. Between that and pronouns. Oh, don't you get me started? Mm-hmm. But Navy recruiting goal for 2022, the Navy boosted their new sailor goal by 3,400 to meet mm. demand in tough recruiting environment. Mm. Navy hits its active duty enlisted recruitment goals but not officers. So, Navy's fiscal year 22 uh 2022 goal for recruiting active duty officers was 2507. The sea service recruited 2298 according to the service. For the reserve, the Navy wanted to recruit 7400 enlisted sailors and 1360 officers. Mm. So, they're they're hitting numbers but they're not hitting the numbers they wanted or needed. No
3: especially with all the stuff that's going on right now. Um, yeah, it's it's bonkers to think. So I had said that that guy's deadline was this Friday. The Fox & Friends cast alluded to 30 or 60 days. So he his deadline to get his first vaccine to become fully vaccinated, remember, it's they keep moving the goalposts on that too. So it would be like this one, then the second shot, and then I guess the first booster is where they're at in the military right now. I have no idea. Ish. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, so that's why they were saying –
0: He's not getting it. Well, that was the fucked up thing with this and in any other uh, government service sure. entity was that regardless of the fact that they wanted you to get this FDA authorized emergency or emergency use authorized uh, version of the vaccine, if you were missing your your window in, in order to get that particular shot, they were saying, or... Get these other ones that aren't even emergency use authorized. Just just do these ones mm-hmm. to, to get to get uh up to, up to speed. It's like that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. The army was down uh twenty five percent short of its recruiting goal, so they missed their recruiting goal by fifteen thousand soldiers. Mm. That is
3: ridiculous.
0: It's yep. a lot of people. I don't even know about the marines. I don't even have that page.
3: Mm. Sad.
0: It's and, stupid.
3: And, and when you want to talk about. Um, unit and mission readiness. Something that continues to go under the back burner is the stuff that's going on with Ukraine. Um, you know, this is still a highly heated issue. Uh, we have nasty rhetoric between the Biden administration, NATO, and our alliance allies over there, the Ukraine and Russia. I don't know if you saw, because it was subcaptions. Zelensky did a Zoom call with some of the NATO leadership yesterday and was, like, literally, rabidly demanding, like, what's wrong with NATO getting in here and doing some, like, unprovoked strikes first? That's <laughs> what? Yeah, he wants Allied troops on the ground in Ukraine to fight Russian forces on the offensive.
0: That's, uh, that's just starting World War
3: Three faster than it's probably already gonna start.
0: Yeah, I mean that's just a guarantee that it happens. Like, if people aren't seeing this fucking puppet for what he is now. And I've been posting <laughs> I've, I lost another six in the last couple days oh, sorry. on my Instagram. Not that I give a shit. Bye. Probably Don't not door hitch on the way out.
3: Probably not as many as Elon did for oh, putting yeah. up his polls. <laughs> Got him. The best is when he had on the military uniform with the handcuffs. oh man tucker carlson sat down and talked about the biden administration you know essentially saying that like everyone in the world it's like the same thing with everything with covid with the 2020 presidential election you must believe our narrative or you are a literal threat to democracy let's hear it
5: thanks so much for coming for jeffrey Sachs. it's like there are like eight traditional liberals left and i guess they don't know the rules um (laughs) So I'm just wondering. Look, I, I don't know the answer, but I also know that no member of Congress knows the answer either. I've verified that. So why is it that everybody is demanding you believe something
12: that's just not very plausible? It's pretty amazing when you consider the track record of the people who are telling us that Russia did this. They are the same ones who told us about that about Russia installed Trump in the White House yeah. and blackmailed him with a P tape. Uh, who told us that Russia <laughs> placed bounties? on U.S. troops in Afghanistan, that Russia was injuring U.S. diplomats with supersonic microwave weapons, and that Russia (laughs) invented the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. And we're supposed to take now their claims on faith. When, by the way, at the same time, for many years, those who've been opposing the pipeline, including many of those now accusing Russia of blowing it up, have been telling us the reason they're opposed to it is because it gives Russia leverage over Europe by controlling its energy supply. So just think of it logically. Why would Russia blow up It's only form of leverage. It does not make any sense. Now, the reason why someone else would want to blow this up from the West, and as you noted, John Kirby, when he was asked by Brett Baier, did not answer the question of whether it could have been a U.S. proxy. He only said that the U.S. was not involved, which to me is very revealing. And the reason why uh, the U.S. and its allies have been so opposed to Nord Stream for a long time is because, as was recognized in a 2019 study by the RAND Corporation, which is a U.S. government-funded think tank, you know, the Nord Stream was very profitable for Russia. And also, if it goes through bringing gas from Russia to Germany and the rest of Europe, that makes Europe and Germany more intertwined, which in turn makes it a lot harder to wage a proxy war and impose sanctions on Russia. And that's why this RAND study said a first step to weakening Russia would be stopping Nord Stream 2. So the motive is there. And as you've noted, the intent was made very clear in public. But we're spo- but somehow we're supposed to not believe all logic and all facts and just believe once again that Russia is behind something <laughs> that is so drastically against its own interests.
5: Well, exactly. And of course, the danger and the reason that we should be really worried about this is it opens up the possibility of retaliation where we get really hurt by Russia. And why would Americans want that? Loyal Americans who love their country and not Russia. Why would they want that? But, and Mate, I appreciate your clarity and your bravery. It takes bravery to say that. So thank you. Not bad. It's it's,
0: little, just, it's so disappointing that we are the domino that set all of this into effect. Yes. Like, it, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Joe Biden coming into office was the first domino that got hit that caused this cascade of events that has thrown the entire world into turmoil. It's idiotic. Whether it was falling up the
3: stairs or falling off his bike, possibly shitting his pants on the 4th of July. <laughs> one of those things. It's like the the little domino all the way up to the big one. Like of a...
0: Butterfly shits its pants in the forest and causes a hurricane in Florida. Do you know it was confirmed this
3: week that, uh, th- this is you're going to like this one, Harambe's sperm was preserved after <laughs> his untimely demise. Yeah. Is it on eBay? No, but uh, he will see. Are they going
0: to clone Harambe?
3: We'll see what happens. Are they going
0: to put Harambe in one of Elon Musk's robots?
3: 626 days into the Biden regime. The Dow Jones fell another 500 points or nearly 2% of its entirety. Mm. The S and P 500 is down almost two and a half points. And the NASDAQ is down over three. Same amount of time, Donald Trump into office, the entire stock market plus 41%. Joe Biden from that high, Same amount of days in the office, 626 days, it's down almost 20%. Mm. From the Trump 40. So 40 back to baseline, then another 20. So it's essentially lost. That's really bad. You see what this looks like? That's the stock market right there. There's very little green. I
0: don't think I own any of the green stuff.
3: No, nobody does. (laughs) Except (laughs) for Nancy Pelosi. Plutonium and Tesla batteries. Exactly. You know, one of our great friends who's going to be joining us a little bit later this month and reoccurring guest okay let's talk about i got a taste of my own stolen valor yesterday oh so you know how i made the pinata farms video of like the uh Mm -hmm. avengers wakanda when donald trump cash patel they come and save the day at the end and dan scavino yeah so i shared it yesterday because it's been a while and uh i tagged everybody that was in it junior carrie lake i mean carrie lake hearted it and shared it and you know it shouldn't tag us or anything but whatever yeah long story short Grinnell texts me, and he's like, "Oh my god, where did you get that video?" I'm like, "I made it." He's like, "Text it to me." So I texted it to him. He posts it, tags every fucking person in the thing. Not even a credit. Oh. I jumped in the comments. I was like, "Man, whoever made this video is brilliant." And uh, he, you couldn't take the watermark off of it, so my watermark was still on it because I didn't <laughs> I left the Pinata Farms watermark with my screen name on there. But nice. I know. Listen, real meme Delorean, if you're listening, I know what it feels like now. It doesn't feel good. Um, Rick Grinnell appeared on Newsmax to talk about something that we've been talking about a while, and a lot of our guests, a lot of the people who worked formerly in the Trump administration uh, who are out right now just living their lives, you know, doing heritage and working at think tanks and writing Republican policy and doing all that great stuff. Lack of American leadership and diplomacy across the world. It's like the one thing we don't have. And uh, he jumped on with Rob Schmidt last night to talk about this situation and more regarding Russia and the importance of not having any kind of diplomacy.
13: I'm, I'm going to speak as a diplomat, right? Sure. I'm uh, somebody who really wants to concentrate on uh, solutions outside of war. I think we've got a lot of U.S. officials, former U.S. officials, really talking about the war angle, and it's almost like that's the only angle. And and I certainly appreciate that we have to have a military that's ready. Right. But I I think that this is uh, a conversation that needs to be very private. We never talk about who has nuclear weapons or who hosts the uh, nuclear umbrella Mm -hmm. that the United States has. This is something that we we try to stay away from. We don't even confirm uh, where our nuclear weaponry is. Uh, I will say this, though, that uh, it seems um, brazen for Poland to step forward and say, we're in talks, we would like to have nuclear weapons. I don't blame them for wanting to be able to protect themselves. But what I'm really concerned about, Rob, is that we just don't have a diplomatic conversation going on. We don't see Anthony Blinken or Joe Biden talking about... Uh, a peaceful solution or a deal. You know, the United Nations exists, uh, Security Council exists, so that we could have these uh, discussions. Why not have a discussion? Why not try? I'm not suggesting that it's easy, nor am I suggesting that a peace uh, deal would be easy or weak. And we've had some former U.S. officials uh, really just disgustingly attack any conversation about a peace deal like it's just a weak option doesn't have to be weak if you have tough diplomats
3: i like that and he Mm -hmm. was a tough diplomat both as the ambassador to germany and when he was a american government official that was working um at the un i think uh we'll we'll touch on that you know we haven't talked enough geopolitics with ambassador grinnell when he's on the show we like to talk about everything else with him he's such a fun guy plus he's on the ground uh, I think he's going to be in Vegas and Arizona with Cash Patel, Donald Trump, and the whole gang this weekend. So we'll be looking to hear from them. Um, I, I did get my last chance text from Cash for the Arizona rally, and I mapped it out. It's five and a half hours one way.
0: Five and a half? Yeah. Hmm.
3: It's closer, but still so far. Yeah. That's a long day. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Erica's going too, Erica Knight, a great friend of the show, Mm -hmm. and uh, a host of others. But uh, we'll see what happens. uh, we still got a day. Anyways, getting back to this now, I think Ambassador Grinnell, Grinnell makes a great point, talking about our nuclear arsenal, having other countries, NATO allies, strong tied allies to the United States like Poland, saying, like, you know what? This is so fucked up. We need nukes now because if they start using tactical nukes and it's going to fuck up everything in Ukraine, how do we defend themselves if they say, we don't like the way you're looking at us, you're next? And they start using tactical nukes on, on Polish military forces. We also have several thousand Americans deployed there to Poland. So,
0: oh, and they have, I mean, they have the ability to reach out and touch us here, basically, too.
3: But it's the only thing we're not talking about right now is the most important thing how to end
0: this. Yeah.
3: You know, we've seen uh, Boris Johnson kill a deal. We've seen NATO kill a deal, the Turkish one that was backed and brokered. Um, we called it on this show right after this, you know, minor incursion started. This only ends one way. Vladimir Putin is keeping all of those parts of, of Ukraine that he annexed, has to agree not to anymore, maybe pay some kind of reparations, whether it's like fuel or rebuilding the infrastructure or the stuff they destroyed. But besides that, Ukraine's getting nothing except all the billions and billions of dollars they got from us.
0: Which is rolling out in suitcases through their land borders, I'm sure.
3: Yeah. Speaking of Poland, people probably claiming asylum there with it. We've already seen a couple of former government officials' spouses come with, like, up to $28 million in cash and gold. So, you know, it's it's we're at a breaking point here. Like, this has to end, and it seems like everybody in the Biden regime knows the minute the Ukraine conflict ends... They got nothing. They got nothing. It's literally down to they're going to end Social Security and abortion. And they got nothing else. They can't say Putin's war. They can't say Putin's war following the pandemic made the pandemic worse. Mm -mm. They can't do any of that stuff. And uh, here's the thing. We talked and led off this segment with Joe Biden talking about OPEC and how disappointed he was that he asked them to lower oil prices. And they said, Fuck you. We're not lowering oil. Actually, we're gonna make less. Yeah. Now we're gonna make two million. You asked for us to make a million barrels more. We're actually gonna make two million barrels less now. Um, and we're really real in here in Southern California. So it's, it's it's over six dollars anywhere you go for regular.
0: Yeah, I paid like six forty, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was because I paid cash.
3: Yeah, I paid six thirty and change at Costco today for uh, my gas. And, the
0: gas is garbage. Don't do that.
3: I know, but it, it's nice and convenient right on the way home. Anyways, and there's pizza. Well, not at 6 o'clock in the morning.
0: Oh, that's a
3: shame. Yeah, it certainly is. Should be 24 hours. Breakfast bowls. Ooh. I like it. Um, But here's the thing. The Saudis and OPEC look like they want to literally interfere in our elections. If you really start right now hiking those gas prices up five weeks before the ballot box, how many people who are independents, moderates, walkaways, or don't really know if they're ready to reinvest in Donald Trump's ideology again— Go to the ballot box on November 8th and be like, you want to know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to do it. If it's not bad, we won't let him in in 2024. Let's just see if this is any better because what's going on right now, it's not working for anybody. Yeah. So what if Vladimir Putin wants to end this war now and put the spotlight back on all of the domestic disasters that Joe Biden's caused here? Listen, you talk about October surprises. Putin wanting to come to the, to the you know, uh, peace treaty table would not shock me. In the well, next five weeks.
0: We don't want it to... I mean, well, when I say we, I mean the royal we. Right. The how, people in charge. How dareth you. Yeah. They, they don't want it to end. So right. imagine what kind of bullshit they're going to pull Like if he tries to like make good on everything and they just sabotage it. You know why, though, right? Why?
3: Nobody fucks with the Biden. <laughs> can, can we have that ready to launch next show? Yeah, we'll get that. I appreciate it. Um, but, you know, as we're getting ready to segue now to a couple more America First interviews... Um, We're going to be getting back down to the battleground and provide more comprehensive coverage on all of the other races going on in our second news segment in just a bit. All right, joining us next on the show today, great friend of the show, he's the America First, Trump Endorsed, Republican nominee, Ohio 7th U.S. Congressional District. He's joining us again with a big update, Mr. Max Miller. Thanks for coming back on the show.
14: Thanks for having me, guys. One of my favorite shows to be on, so I appreciate you.
3: One of our favorite guests to have on, great friend of Cash Patel as well. And uh, he was telling us to give you crap, but we're going to keep it strictly to the elections today. Um, well, uh, you, know, you said the quiet part out loud, so <laughs> hey, I didn't want to make sure. Uh, hey, at least you know you guys are still good buds. That's the best part about it. So, um, hey, listen, before we get started, there's a lot of congratulations in, in you know, we're going to send your way. First of all, you've had some big endorsements over the last couple of days. We want you to get a, give us an update on that. You were recently married to your wife Emily. Congratulations on that! And then the huge primary win mm-hmm. in the uh, in in the primary race there uh, to become the Republican nominee. So you you let's just go down the rung of it right now. How's everything going on your end?
14: Everything's going great. I mean, throughout this process, we have you know earned the trust and the faith within our constituency. And have really established the relationships of the stakeholders and the entire Seventh District and across the state of Ohio. And, I, and you just alluded to some endorsements, and I'm very proud that not only are we endorsed by the Main Street Partnership in Congress, but we're also endorsed by the House Freedom Fund. And that is a very unique position to be in. I don't know if too many people that you know have accepted and really you know embraced the trade union aspect of the Republican Party while being endorsed by the House Freedom Fund, because essentially you have. These two different factions of our party that are about 180 degrees, kind of, you know, separated, but yet see something within ourselves and in myself and in this campaign as to where they look at us as the consensus candidate. And I couldn't be more, more proud of the job that we have done to earn that respect and to earn that faith and to earn that trust into being the America First candidate and finally taking our country back from these crazy radicals who just continue to bury us day after day after day.
3: Yeah, no, it, it's it's great to see, and, and, and we'd love to see it. You know, we, we talked to Joe Kent recently who got it, and then Sandy Smith was talking about it as well. And, and, you know, just be able to hopefully get invited out in January and stack those numbers there. Those guys need some fighters alongside of them, and we can't think of anybody better than you to be joining them. Max, we saw you put out a recent uh, – well, your newest campaign ad. It kind of encompasses everything, you know, the, the, the journey to where you're at right now, but has really big family undertones, which I think besides – Out of all the election issues, you know, you got inflation, the border, geopolitics, uh, you name it, and and it's messed up by the Biden administration. But it seems like, you know, you want to also emphasize the importance of bringing the American hardworking, blue collar, middle class family back to the forefront in your campaign. You want to touch on that a little bit?
14: Absolutely. And thank you for bringing that up. The, the way that we're going to grow the Republican Party, I mean, Donald Trump, what he brought to the forefront of the America First agenda is representing and finally giving a voice, the silent majority for the working men and the working women in our country who haven't been heard or felt in decades and decades and decades. And as a byproduct of that, that is exactly my philosophy. We need to go ahead and we need to coalesce support from all of these trade unions, not only across the state of Ohio, but our entire country, because these individuals are conservative. You go out there and you talk to them. You go to these apprenticeships. You go down to these headquarters, which we then do in Columbus and throughout our district of the 7th, and they're conservative. They're looking for a reason to vote for a Republican because they see and what they know over the years is that the Democrat agenda hasn't done anything for them. It hasn't given them more money in their checking account. It hasn't made them feel more safe as an American when they leave their homes, whether it's in the morning, early in the morning when they get to work, or late in the evening when they get home with their family. I mean, this is where we are. And when we go ahead and we embrace this part of the Republican Party and this part and take these voters away from the Democrats, we just continue to get bigger and we continue to get stronger with a great, robust middle class that we need to bring back to the forefront. And as I said earlier, I couldn't be more proud to be endorsed by those trade unions And to be their champion in Congress and to make sure that everyone within our country is going to have the opportunity to make something of themselves, which I believe under the Biden administration has been lost. The American dream right now, it's dead. It does not exist for anyone who's coming here. If you're a legal immigrant or even one of the two and a half million illegal immigrants, God bless you for trying to make a way into our country right now, the way Joe Biden has set things up.
3: Yeah, it's, it's becoming almost repetitive to say it on the show, we want to stay in the thread of the the hardworking blue-collar middle class and how it needs to get brought back to the forefront because they are the backbone and essentially the soul of this country. They're, they're really a large component of what makes it great. It's Friday, uh, October 7th, and we're seeing the economy take an extremely big hit again today. Uh, how is this really affecting the people who, I mean, we're heading into the winter season, people that live in Ohio 7, they're used to cold winters, and now we're going to have these energy costs, rising fuel costs, empty shelves, heading into the, Holidays, we're going to have the Inflation Non Reduction Act uh, hitting the floor right around Thanksgiving. What can you say right now as to, like, you know, the absolute take on the middle class right now and how they're feeling this in Ohio 7?
14: They're getting absolutely buried. The average constituent within our district makes a median salary of roughly around $62,000. We factor in inflation at 8.3 or 8.4%, and it's going to continue to go up thanks to what you just said about the Non-Inflation Reduction Act, because that's exactly what it's going to do. It's only going to increase it. Gas prices right now in my district or in our district, they're back up to $4 a gallon. We had a 20-cent jump within the last few days, and that's yeah. going to go back up to $5. And mark my words right now, that'll be at 6 bucks by the time that we hit the new year. Because Joe Biden and his reckless policies dealing with OPEC, he, he bends a him. He capitulates. He then is now going to go beg Venezuela for blood-soaked oil when we have plenty of it underneath, of our, underneath our feet and off of our shores. It makes absolutely no sense. Our process when it comes to natural gas and our refineries are 10 million times cleaner than what Venezuela is going to give us and what we're going to pay for that. Not to mention the gas uh, prices of our, you know, homes and heating our homes during the winter. We're going to be paying roughly, as an estimated guess, 30% more in our heating bills. Our average constituent is now putting $10,000 on their credit card, looking at it as a loan. And what's sad to see right now, credit card debt in this country has exacerbated since Joe Biden's been in office. It has an increase of over 100%. And these individuals are going to have to pay that down from an 18 to 25% interest rate. And I'm wondering if Joe Biden is going to give these hardworking individuals a break just like he gave all of these, you know, the 60% from upper, upper to middle class for their student loans. Is he going to give them a break? I don't think so. And that is where, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. The, the ideology from the Biden administration, that there is no logic, there is no plan. It's to change the fabric of our country. Make no mistake, everything that they're doing, I mean, it is by design, yeah. but they don't know what direction they want to head in you know, to bring any relief to the American people only to benefit themselves.
3: No, we've, we've seen it. You mentioned the student loan forgiveness. We saw uh, yesterday Joe Biden's planning on letting thousands of criminals out of jail in regards to that whole marijuana bill that he's proposing, uh, in, in addition to rescheduling marijuana under Schedule 1. And then you talk about, I'm I just thinking in the back of my head as a, an analyst and a strategist now, it seems like they're getting so desperate heading into the midterms. I could almost think that they're going to try to announce some kind of a stimulus package heading into the holidays before we go to the ballot box on November 8th as he had another play to try and take the wind out of the sails of America first, which I don't see. You also mentioned his policies. I do want to touch on geopolitics just real quick with you, Max. You know, you are a veteran and you served. You're extremely proud of your service, and we're extremely thankful for you serving this country. Um, we see We see a lot of undertones. It's fallen under the radar with all the stuff that's going on with the midterms and then all the domestic issues. Uh, we're getting pretty close to World War III here. You've got nuclear saber rattling coming from, you know, Ukraine asking NATO to do unprovoked strikes on Russian forces in occupied territory. You have Russia saying, listen, we have nukes. We're not scared of you guys. You have the United States saying, like, we don't care if Russia starts a nuclear war in the region because we could just answer with our own nukes. And now Poland's asking us to give them nuclear weapons. It seems like The one thing we don't have is any diplomacy at any level of this government right now. Um, Even a lot of our senators, it seems like their hands are tied uh, because of the majorities in the House and Senate. And and what we're lacking right now is leadership. And you want to weigh in on right now what you see with this going on, especially from like a military standpoint?
14: Yeah. And and real quick, everything they told you that Donald Trump was going to do and get (laughs) us into a nuclear war. Guess what? Shocker, he didn't. Guess who is? Joe Biden. Joe frickin' Biden is ready to get us into a nuclear war to sacrifice sacrifice American lives to go defend a foreign country when they say their borders are in sovereign, but ours aren't. This is backwards logic. These people do not care about our individuals in the military, and that's why there's about a 30% reduction in military recruiting. We have no leadership. They're taking advantage of Joe Biden like they're taking a, you know... It's Halloween and you want to take some kid from a candy on the street. Yep. That's how easy it is right now. We don't have anyone to govern. You, you know, I thought about this the other day. Do you remember, I believe it was the G7. And remember when President Trump was in the back and he worked his way to the front and he said, get out of my way. Yeah. Yeah. That's the United States of America. That is a leader. That is a president who is forceful, who is going to take action and who is going to ensure that this country is always safe. And that's the opposite of what we're seeing. And right now, I'm just going to be brutally honest. We should have nothing to do with it. We are putting ourselves in such a hole that we're never going to be able to get out of. And all of these ammunitions and everything that we give the, the, the country of Ukraine right now, we're depleting our military to the fullest extent possible. What a lot of Americans don't realize is all of these HIMARS, all of these ammunitions, all of the weaponry that we give Ukraine is from our military. And we don't have a lot of these things on the back burner and reserves. I mean, we run, you know, everyone thinks we have a robust military and we do, and we are the greatest fighting force in the world. And you come knock on that door and you're going to met, you're going to be met with a whole hell of a lot of force you haven't seen before. Sure. But with that being said, we're in troubled times. I mean, Joe Biden has gotten us into a mess and I blame this war on Ukraine solely on his weak shoulders, yep. solely on his weak shoulders. Putin went in, Biden called it a small incursion, which is an invasion. When you cross another foreign country's border, we let this happen. He did not take action. He waited two to three weeks before we put sanctions on him. But before that, we were still buying 800,000 barrels of Russian crude oil. This is just flavor of the month. And it continues to be for President Biden. And he's propped up all of these wars and all of these instances. And now he's gotten into gotten us into this mess. Yep. And now everyone's looking at us to fix it. You know what I say? Germany, you start printing money. Poland, the Baltic regions, you start printing money out of your Federal Reserve and give the majority of your ammunitions and high Mars to the Ukrainian people, because at some point you have to realize when you're at your bandwidth and every individual knows when they're redlining, it's just absolutely pathetic that this administration doesn't understand and realize that our country is past the redlining point Right now.
3: Yeah. yeah. No, you make a hundred percent sense there. And it's, it's something that we, we'd like to have people who actually are in the no way in on it and, and give like, you know, thoughtful insight like you did. And it's just the reality of it. We we've, we've made too many messes all over the world. I I am a firm believer that Joe Biden is continuing this dangerous rhetoric in, in the region over there just for the sole fact that he knows if if the Ukraine conflict goes away, it's more of a spotlight on his failed domestic everything. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's got to at least hold it together until the midterms, hoping that something doesn't spark up that's... Uh, you know, not really. Uh, you know, too particularly favorable for the American people. Max, last thing I want to touch with you on. I know you got a lot of uh, campaigning yeah. stuff going on. Do you, what what events are coming? Uh, who are you going to be torn around with? What what's it looking like in Ohio seven between uh, now and November eighth?
14: It looks good, uh, and I'm not going to sound you know overconfident or cocky. I'm cautiously optimistic. We're going to see this see this thing through in November by ten plus points, and hopefully more. But we're going to continue to be out there every single day. And I know this sounds crazy, Roan, but we're actually focused on the issues something that the Biden administration doesn't want to touch with a 10-foot pole and anyone else pushing it, and that is energy independence, our southern border, our supply chain issues, our labor shortage, and everything else that we see that's happening within our country, especially the amount of fentanyl that's now being targeted to children and adults that are killing tens of thousands of Americans every single day. That is the exact drumbeat we will continue to hit and also focus on crime, because I don't even feel safe when I leave my home anymore. And it's almost like, you know, you walk 10 feet, you take one look around just to make sure no one's behind you. And that is the state of where we are within our country. But that is exactly what we're focused on. I'm not going to take the bait from my opponent or any other Democrat who wants to throw zingers at me or run a smear campaign You know, they want to engage me. They want me to respond. God bless you all. It's never going to happen. Because what we're doing right now is we're focused on a race and we're focused on policy that's actually going to help the American people instead of launching smears at them and focusing on social and moral issues that really isn't going to help any American right now. That's not going to help their checking account. That's not going to help their energy independence. That's not going to help small business owners and their labor shortage. That's not going to fix our supply chain issues like someone like my father who's six months back in production because he's having trouble getting the fabric that he needs to go ahead and to make an American made baseball cap. Those are the real issues that we have that are right at our feet. And you're looking at a new class of Republican leadership that isn't going to just talk about it. We're going to do things about it in a very forceful way, and to make sure that we can save this country before it's too late.
3: Oh, that's a perfect analogy right there. I mean, people like Mark Kelly who's is, who you know, who's, who served in the Senate found out real quick last night what happens when you want to go low. You're going to get hit with what the agenda is. You're going to get hit with the state of the nation. You're going to get hit with your voting record. It sounds like you're in the same thread there. And it's like I don't even know what your opponent can do right now. I mean, you've literally worked in the Oval Office with the President before. It's like there's not anything they could throw at you that I would consider like a curveball or be unexpected, you know, heading down the uh, home stretch here. Max we want to be able to direct our listenership to help you out any way we can. Our national audience with with donations, obviously, everybody that's in the state of Ohio, if they want to take time out on their weekends to jump into uh, District 7 and go knock on doors, see you at a town hall or at some kind of speaking event or hang signs. So if you want to give us your campaign website and uh, social media, we'll live link them in the show today.
14: That would be awesome. Please go to votemaxmiller.com. And if you would like to go on Instagram or Twitter, please go to at uh, I'd love to have all of your support. Please support us throughout this process. And just know you're backing a winner and you're back in a strong conservative who's going to do right by his constituency and the American people.
3: And we will be catching up with you at some point between after Election Day and uh, when you're sworn in, Congressman-elect, we can get an update on uh, what the plans are for heading up on Capitol Hill, Max. It's uh, great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule on this Battleground Edition of our show today on Friday.
14: Absolutely, guys. And I look forward to you coming to uh, seeing me in our office.
3: You know. Can't wait. Yeah, let's do that. The America first Trump endorsed Republican nominee, Ohio seven, Max Miller. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, Jens. Take care. Joining us next on the show today. She's the America first Trump endorsed U.S. House Republican nominee, North Carolina's first district. She's back for a general election update, and we're really excited to have her. Miss Sandy Smith. Thanks for coming back on steak for breakfast.
11: Hi, guys. Thank you guys so much for having me back on.
3: It's our pleasure, ma'am. How's everything going with you? How's everything been since, well, the Trump rally and now heading down the stretch here in the general election with just 32 days left until we head to the ballot box?
11: Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait in 32. It sounds like a little short amount of time. It is actually uh, it seems like a long time, but uh, we time is of the essence in, in a lot of respects because things are on fire on my campaign. It's just been crazy uh, of course, like you said, we've got the Trump endorsement. So that was a huge honor and it was really cool. I got to um, speak at a Trump rally and, um, then I got to meet president Trump um, before he spoke and it was really cool because he's like, Hey, you know, I've been hearing really good stuff about you and, you know, good things about the campaign. And he asked me if he could endorse me and I said, absolutely.
0: <laughs> nice.
11: So, um, that was really a cool honor. And then, um, the, the following week I got a notification that he was going to put a formal, uh, endorsement out. And, um, I was told, Hey, it's going to be posted, you know, probably, you know, shortly all of a sudden my phone starts ringing and it says an unknown number to answer and it's president Trump. So oh. that was really cool. But what was so funny is no one told me he was calling and I had no voice because I had done, um, back to back to back events. And I was like, Mr. President, I'm sorry, I can't really talk because my voice, but I mean, because uh, I had to get, I, if I'd known he was calling, I've been drinking tea, <laughs> you know, making sure. So that was really cool. And uh, President Trump is so excited about this, this uh, race. Um, he understands what is at stake. Uh, on top of that, I don't know if you uh, heard, I was actually uh, put into the NRCC young guns yep. so I'm an official young gun so that was a huge honor
2: very
6: big. and
11: I have the support of the NRCC in leadership and we got endorsements from Elise Stefanik's team and her pack and, and Steve Scalise I mean it just it's been fantastic and that's because they see that we are going to win this seat oh. I almost forgot. Uh, And then I also had members of the House Freedom Caucus's endorsement as well as the House Freedom Caucus's endorsement. So, man, I'm telling you, we have the momentum to win uh, because, like I said, there's so much at stake. We have we have school choice issues we need to fight for because our families need to be able to choose where they send their child to go to school, especially when the radical left like my opponent is totally pushing to sexualize and groom our Children. Yep. A matter of fact, I don't know if I told you guys last time, he voted against the Parents' Bill of Rights Act, meaning he thought it was totally okay to sexualize our children, kindergarten through third grade. But on top of that, they encourage keeping secrets from parents. You know, we've got out of control inflation and gas prices, and a gas crisis on the on the horizon. Or it, it, I would actually say it's already here.
15: Mm-hmm.
11: Um, and they're doing absolutely nothing. They want not They want to put miracle last. They are. Just, just determined to make us a third world country.
3: Yeah, no, I want to unpack so much there. First of all, pretty awesome story about Donald Trump calling you, and uh, that must have been a big honor. In addition to all the all the endorsements, you know, we've been tracking you well before the primary. We had you on a couple weeks before the primary election there, and we just knew that you were a rising star in the party and. and- Number one. Number two, you were a fighter. There were several candidates who were running in other races, not just in North Carolina, who had mentioned your names as people they would look forward to uh, you know, working with in January up on Capitol Hill. And, and I said, you know what, we got to get in touch with this campaign. we got to get this gal on because it looks like she's starting to surge, and then here you are. And uh, House Freedom Caucus. So, I mean, you have their endorsement. That's obviously something our listenership always wants to know, how we're recruiting new, new members for that because they need to stack numbers there. That's 100% something you're interested in in January?
11: Oh, absolutely. If we get the, uh, the invite, a lot of folks don't know, it's just not something you go up there and say, Hey, right. I, want, I want that. You actually have to be invited. So it's actual, uh, a privilege. So yes. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I know I didn't mention it, but Nancy Pelosi is panicking. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but she is spending more against me than any other congressional race in the country right now. Uh, and that is because I took out her number three lieutenant yep. and forced him to retire, and now I'm going to take out her his hand-picked replacement, and they are carpet-bombing me with garbage and uh, and just, you know, commercials that are full of lies. I mean, to the point where it's like, they're literally throwing spaghetti on the wall trying to hope something will stick because they have nothing to campaign on. They have no issues. They don't want a, a, a strong military. They they don't want to support our farmers. They do not want to put families first, and, yep. and that's unfortunate.
3: No, you're right. I mean, uh, when you look at some of the stuff that Don Davis has been pulling over the course of the general election campaign now, it's almost embarrassing. We saw it on full display last night. There was the nationally televised debate for Blake Masters up against seasoned already Senator Mark Kelly and Blake Masters took him to task and, and took him to the woodshed on several issues you saw. whenever I loved it. It, it was great. <laughs> when, whenever you decided to push back and, and, you know, Mark Kelly would go low, he tried to make it personal and tried to skew his narrative, and Blake Masters just said, here's your record voting with Joe Biden. Here's where you stand on, on, on you know, supporting the things that are currently wrecking this country. And they literally have no defense. And And, None. and, and that's currently where we're at. The entire Democrat ticket across the country is running on everything America lasts because they all line up with the Biden agenda. And, uh, you know, it it seems like that's going to be the ticket to having massive, massive success, especially in a state like North Carolina. You've got Ted Budd at the Senate, you, Bo Hines, you have MTG, Mike Collins, several other amazing House members that are going to be participating up on Capitol Hill next year. And we're just really glad to see you surging. What are some of the top ticket issues right now, besides the stuff going on in the defense of children that are really resonating with the – People of of North Carolina, one obviously the economy has to be a big one. Maybe crime and jobs.
11: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have families that can't afford to f- uh, put food on the table. They're struggling uh, because of the high uh, food cost, and and then they're having they're having troubles finding food at the grocery stores. It, we have jobs that are just that, that are we don't have jobs. They're evaporating, uh, because we have. Uh, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and my opponent encouraging folks to stay home and be dependent on the government. Yep. You know, crime. You talked about crime. We've got an open border that is uh, that we have people flooding across, bringing who knows what across. I mean, we know they're bringing a ton of that fentanyl poison and killing our communities. But, you know, my opponent actually, you know, is, is so anti-law enforcement because he wants to defund our police that he actually voted against a bill that would allow law enforcement to call ICE when they detain a criminal illegal alien. Yeah. They're not allowed to contact ICE, and that is just continuing to to make our communities not safe. So parents can't allow their kids to play play freely outside without worrying that you know somebody might come and uh, you know rob them or shoot them or anything like that. I mean, it's just horrific. And we're we're even we're especially seeing um, the impact of crime here in the first district when we have businesses. Close, because we are uh, uh, the democrats are weak on crime and they let these these criminals run rampant at the same time then they want to take our guns away so us law-abiding americans can't defend ourselves it's absolutely crazy and they have lost their minds and we've got to take back our country in november and i am so excited about the republican ticket and who we're going to get to work together with and get this uh, this ship righted in the country and get us on the right track. So I, I'm really excited.
3: No, and we're excited, too. I think the best part about connecting with all these candidates over the last year, year and a half that we've been really focused on the midterms is the amount of fighters who have come out of like the ashes that was the 2020 presidential election. We've kind of regrouped. We've definitely rebranded. And uh, I think America First is back. And, and Donald Trump you know, touched on it on several of his last few rallies, the silent majority is back and and, and louder than ever before.
11: So, yes, you know, I actually took someone who had never been to a Trump rally to the rally in Wilmington and his exact words, it was surreal. He couldn't believe uh, how exciting, how much energy, how much passion, how much love, how much patriotism was actually at uh, the, that he felt at the rally and, you know, I was not like, like some candidates don't go out and meet the folks. I actually went out and I was um, over in an area, high five yep. shaking folks hands, letting folks meet us and talk and, and and share the America first agenda. We even got to see some of the fake news media. I ran into one that wrote a, a nasty hit piece on me and he thought he was going to be really nice and go. Hey, I'm so and so. And I said, hey, you wrote that hit, the hit piece on me, didn't you? I pat him on on the shoulder. I said, like, later, mic drop total. <laughs> I, was like, I don't have time for you. No. You're not going to be fair and balanced. I don't have any time to talk to you. No, I, and, I love um, it. It was awesome, and and we uh, we were uh, we've been on a, a ton of different shows, and and we're excited because people are, are just really fired up, and um, we're going to make history. This is going to be flipped to a Republican seat this time, and it'll be the first time in 137 years. Wow! And the the per- reason why Nancy Pelosi is panicking and is throwing an absolute fit and probably having to re-glue her dentures in (laughs) is we're going to take the seat and she is not getting it back.
3: No, she certainly isn't, and it's one of those things. Right now, uh, you talk about those rallies, the energy level, plus the fact that you were had just received the endorsement. I'm sure it was like a cloud nine moment for you. And then when you talk about you know taking that seat back and and, and holding on to it, it sounds like you're in the game for the right reasons. Obviously, your your campaign platform that lined up with Trump era policies was one that Donald Trump really admired. In addition to the fact I've already mentioned, you're quite the fighter, and we are wishing nothing but the best for you heading down the uh, home stretch here. San we want to be able to direct as much of our listenership to help you whether it's in North Carolina with boots on the ground maybe on the weekend people come out to your events or go knock on doors, hang signs for you, etc and then for our national listening audience anybody that wants to donate to your campaign we know money is always something that's going to help you guys get over the finish line because you're up against like you said, Nancy Pelosi and all of her cronies uh, and and their big budgets heading down to uh, November 8th now so if you want to give us our uh, social media and campaign website, we'll live link them in the show description today
11: Oh, absolutely. That'd be fantastic. Um, You can go to SandySmithNC.com. Once again, that's SandySmithNC.com. You can find me on all social media platforms. My handle is SandySmithNC. Donations would be fantastic. It doesn't matter if it's $5 or uh, $200. Every dollar counts. This is grassroots. This is us, America First folks, getting out there and reclaiming our country because you know what? Uh, the the establishment uh, swamp monsters of the radical left are going to try to steal this thing. And we've got to set the record straight that we are, we are not letting them take our country hostage. We're taking it back. And I need, I need dollars. Uh, We do need boots on the ground. So if you want to knock doors, you can, if you want to help man, some of the uh, voting precinct polls locations, just reach out to my campaign. We'll try to get you to the location closest to you. And If you I know you have you have huge listener base, huge. If you guys uh, if anyone across the country wants to help my campaign, um, they can make phone calls and I can just contact my campaign. We will get you set up. And, you know, I have folks all over the, uh, the country making phone calls, encouraging folks to get out and vote for us. So. Thank you guys
3: so much. No, thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come on with us. And we will be sure to be linking up again at some point after the election and before you're sworn in in January, Congresswoman-elect Sandy Smith will sound pretty good at that point, and and we'll get a full update on how everything panned out on November 8th. We always encourage our listenership to get involved, and you should see some activity on that end. And like I said, we wish you guys nothing but the best of health and luck down the stretch here. You keep fighting. Uh, We know you will.
11: Thank you guys so much. God bless you guys for everything you do. And you guys keep fighting and helping us get that America message, America First message out.
3: We love it. This is the America First. Trump endorsed Republican nominee, U.S. House seat, North Carolina one, Ms. Sandy Smith. Thanks for coming on the show today.
11: Thank you, guys. God so bless.
3: Thank you.
1: As I said when I ran for president, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. It's already legal in many states. And criminal records for marijuana possession have led to needless barriers to employment, to housing, to educational opportunities. And that's before you address the racial disparities around who suffers the consequences. While white and black and brown people use marijuana at similar rates, black and brown people are arrested, prosecuted, and convicted at disproportionately higher rates. So today, I'm taking three steps to end this failed approach. First, I'm announcing a pardon for all prior federal federal offenses for the simple possession of marijuana. There are thousands of people who are convicted for marijuana possession who may be denied employment, housing, or educational opportunities as a result of that conviction. My pardon will remove this burden on them. Second, I'm calling on all governors to do the same for state marijuana possession offenses. Third, the federal government currently classifies marijuana as a Schedule I substance, the same as heroin and LSD, and more serious than fentanyl. It makes no sense. So I'm asking the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Attorney General to initiate a process to review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Even as federal and local regulations of marijuana change, important limitations on trafficking, marketing, and underage sales should stay in place. Too many lives have been upended because of our failed approach to marijuana. It's time that we right these wrongs.
3: So if student loan forgiveness wasn't enough for you, You could put your
0: weed in there.
3: Another (laughs) pandering from the Biden regime heading into the midterm elections
0: via this. Is he even allowed to do this? I don't know. Does it matter what they're allowed to do anymore? No. And again, we don't really care about the
3: totality of it. It just seems that the timing... And I don't know if you had heard over the past 24 hours, Noah, and on the heels of the most recent Tony Bobulinski interview with Tucker Carlson on Monday, um, some people with inside the FBI and DOJ have leaked that that Delaware district attorney has prepared quite a soft prosecutable recommendation for Hunter Biden regarding false statements he made in regards to his gun purchase and all crimes tax related. Surprise,
0: surprise.
6: Yeah.
3: So, yeah, this seems like a new way Joe Biden's trying to get some of his loyalist customers to the ballot box on November 8th. And that's like by literally getting
0: them out of jail and pardoning them of their felony convictions. Um, Yeah, I mean, you can't vote if you're a felon. But I bet you'd be happy to vote if you weren't a felon anymore. bet you a lot of them still vote anyway. Yeah. As we kick off our uh, and round up
3: the show with our news 2 segment focusing on some uh hot battleground races right now in addition to the ones we've already brought you today. So on crying Chuck Todd's Meet the Fake Press, they have Meet the Fake Midterms segment mm. and did a roundtable this weekend to kick it off. Uh they traveled to Arizona and bothered Ted Cruz who was out there campaigning with Blake Masters. Um yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, let's let's hear a portion of the roundtable segment where they talk about how Donald Trump's basically on the ballot this November.
9: I want to pivot a little bit to Donald Trump. He is you used some, as always, his rhetoric seems to get more extreme, and we get sometimes numb to it. He Tow- should have died towards you against. It's I don't know any other way to put it against Mitch McConnell. I'll let viewers decide whether this is a death threat to them, as McConnell approving all these trillions of dollars worth of Democrat-sponsored bills without
5: even the slightest bit of negotiation because he hates Donald J. Trump. And then he has a death wish,
3: must immediately seek help and advice from his China-loving wife Coco Chow. So, very <laughs> racist
5: attack against his
12: uh-huh. wife. It was just extraordinary. And there seems to be a numbness now to this, particularly
5: among Republicans.
8: An attack not against a Democrat. This is against the Capitol's leading Republican figure. And as you said, the, the death threat, which the Trump people say... Was meant in a kind of rhetorical manner. You can't explain. There's nothing funnier than death threats. Yeah, I I don't quite. I didn't understand their spin. In this climate, where many members of Congress are getting a lot of Mm. death threats and Mm. have to spend money on security, it's especially not uh, humorous. And the racial slur, I think, is very hard to explain away. But you know, Trump is on the ballot this year. Uh, in any number of these races, in races where he got candidates, the candidates he wanted yeah. on the ballot that Democrats are now uh, exploiting their ties to, maybe he, on some of these cases he 'll win, but he is on the ballot as much but as he, Joe but Biden he 's on the
10: ballot. I mean I, th- I
1: think your first point is really an important point he 's not spending his time attacking Democrats right <laughs> no. now i mean he 's attacking them in his in his speeches he 's criticizing mm-hmm. Democrats at his rallies. But he's not spending
12: money. I mean, Donald Trump's PACs raised $100, is penny, $100 million. Yeah. Where's that money going to Republican candidates? It's really not. Julio, H- we're seeing him still more popular in South Florida than he was four years ago, right?
6: Totally. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. But it's also interesting how Trump is in the battle, and Democrats know it, and the message from Democratic candidates. It's also about defending democracy yeah. and criticizing Trump. So at the same time, Democrats, I, I think, are using him... Yeah. As, a, as
12: an asset.
3: Mm. I don't think the Democrats are using Donald Trump as an asset. I also don't think saying that Mitch McConnell has a political death wish by allowing Joe Biden... See, it's become obvious now what Mitch McConnell's plan was. He was not going to stop any of these Biden-passed legislative pieces of uh, garbage. The CHIP Act and uh, whatever other piece of shit, the Inflation Non-reju- Non-Reduction Act. He was going to let them get through because he knew it was going to be one person at the most that opposed them and then use that as evidence of how Joe Biden has destroyed the country in the midterm elections. Get through the primary. None of Mitch McConnell's candidates make it. All of Donald Trump's do. And, and here we are, him first pouting, and now as late as last week saying that he sees at least a 50-50 chance of Republicans winning the Senate. So it just comes down to the fact that the, the radical progressive media on the left is going to put Donald Trump on the ballot because they know that's the only thing that has drawing power to their base. Uh, but the fact of the matter is you probably can't find a more diverse, you know, assortment of tickets across the country than you have right now. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where you really just have to read in between the lines. They're absolutely terrified that Democrats are going to lose control in five weeks here. And, uh, We all know what happens after that. That's when the real meltdowns begin. They did mention the new pack that was launched on October 1st, the Save America, I'm sorry, MAGA Inc., which is going to uh, be a pack that's not only allowed to help out all of these candidates in the midterm elections, but roll into the general election campaign for Donald Trump after the midterms. That was written into its charter. Sean Hannity, Boomer Sweats himself, debuted the first commercial on his show last night. Dissing John Fetterman. Let's hear it.
5: Aga Inc. details this horrific murder. Take a look.
12: He brutally murdered his girlfriend's mother with a pair of scissors. Convicted
7: of first-degree murder, John Brookens is serving a life sentence. John Fetterman was the only member of the pardon board to vote for Brookins' release. The only vote. John Fetterman wants ruthless killers, muggers, and rapists
3: back on our streets. Kind of a powerful piece there. Dang. Hey, listen, it's all hands on deck. And speaking of which, Hobo Shrek. Um, Hobo
0: Shrek? Yeah.
3: <laughs> kind of looks like one. That's amazing. Thank it's you. Jockey, just... get out of my swamp. Yeah. So he was asked, John Fetterman himself was asked, uh, we'll stay in the state of Pennsylvania real quick, you know, What happens if murders and and violent criminals who you let out with your radical progressive policies decide to recommit? Imagine that. Because the amount of people who actually get reformed in prison, like I can't wait for all these people who have been in jail uh, on you know federal convictions from the 90s for marijuana possessions who have literally been in jail for the last 35 years are going to get released into this society. Well, and
0: some of these people, they may have pleaded down from more serious offenses to these small drug or, well, I guess it wasn't small because they're in jail, but these smaller drug charges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, are they going to look at each case and be like, well, what's the actual details of it? Or it's just, no, it's going to be blanket, everybody's out. You like to smoke weed? or right, you're out. Yep. Corn pop
3: is a bad dude. Let's hear John Fetterman try to defend his own. Corn pot? <laughs> Corn stop. His own uh, policy suggestions.
11: Well, what happens if one of them gets out and does something horribly it would be, wrong?
9: It would, first and foremost, it would be uh, catastrophic and, and be personally devastating if if somebody hurt somebody that that, is, that there's always that possibility. Theoretically, thousands of people are paroled. So the vast majority of inmates actually cycle through and they, they reemerge. False. Well,
3: hmm. Wh- reoffend. He contradicts himself in like the first sentence saying it would be really sad. The guy who stabbed that person 26 times with a pair of scissors, you voted to get him out of jail.
0: And you were the only one. Only one. The only one out of, like, what, a whole panel of, five, like... Five other people. Five total or six? Six total. So that's a pretty good skew. Like, I mean, five other people thought this was a terrible idea, and you're the one mouth-breathing, bearded idiot that thought it was a good idea to let him out? Yes. This is fine. So we talked about it a little
3: bit on Tuesday. It was the start of the October surprise season. We have been one of the only shows since the beginning of this election cycle that has said – Really, some of the seats that are under Blake Masters and Herschel Walker's are ones that we've identified as, you know, ones that really need as much help as possible. We've seen nearly $8 million of Republican money funneled into Arizona behind Blake Masters. We've also seen people like Ted Cruz out there uh, touring with him this week, anticipating joining him in the Senate next year. So Herschel Walker had some stuff. We all know that on Tuesday night there was that hit piece, probably paid op which had his son take to social media and just completely destroy Herschel Walker, you know, uh, Herschel Walker's son, Christian, um, endorsed his father, kicked off his senatorial campaign at Mar-a-Lago, um, in the past has referred to Donald Trump as uncle Donnie mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, is obviously paid up right now. Um, it, that piece really didn't stick. It's like, okay, Christian Walker is a extremely flamboyant. He's gay. Uh, he has a podcast. I went and listened to like a couple of them. He talks about some of the really, really nasty stuff, like sexual stuff within the gay community uh, about relationships. Like his, his latest episode was like how to stop being a whore. That was like the title of the episode. So, so you can think about the content there. It
0: sounds wholesome or horse. horse wholesome? What had
3: been wholesome was the way he supported his father. Um, so when that didn't stick and a lot of Republicans shot it down, you know, Ted Cruz shot it down, Lindsey Graham shot it down on the road while they're out campaigning with Lindsey Graham was up in in Pennsylvania. Not like anybody wants, it, but it's again, one of those things we're going to see super PAC money. We're going to see a little bit of dark money. We're going to see some of our Senate people who aren't really the strongest like Lindsey Graham. I saw Tom Cotton's on the road uh, with a couple of our Senate candidates as well. But, you know, they're out there making sure that they win back the Senate in November. So you kind of have to deal with the numbers that we got. We've talked about it on the show all the time. So this new hit piece came out and said one of the baby mamas of Herschel Walker at one point received like money from him and she used the money to pay for an abortion when she was pregnant. And the media has kind of spun it into the money that Herschel Walker gave to her was given to her by him so she can pay for the abortion. And uh I don't really think that's stuck either. I mean, if that's going to be like your version of an October surprise, like everybody knows that at one point before Herschel Walker like got help for his mental health problems and found God, he was literally hoeing around everywhere. He's got like kids from every which direction. I mean, there's stand Twitter accounts that's like I am Herschel Walker's 10th kid. I am Herschel Walker's 11th kid. <laughs> and, and you know, that's just the way it is. He the man has learned from his mistakes. He's completely reformed. And for the people whose lives he's involved with and their baby mamas, whether or not they really prefer him or not, say that at the end of the day, he is a good, supportive dad. So he was on Boomer Sweat, Sean Hannity, and wanted to you know defend himself and kind of debunk this narrative that had just come out about him. Uh, let's hear a portion of that interview right now.
5: Claiming that five days later on September 17th, you sent a $700 check. And that you sent it in a get well card. The get well card, it looks like it's included with your signature on in the article. Have you seen it and is that your signature?
16: Uh I haven't seen it. Uh, but you know, I can tell you uh I sent out so many get well uh send out so much of anything, but I can tell you right now I never asked anyone to get an abortion, I never paid for an abortion and it's a lie and I'm gonna to continue to fight. You know, I tell you, that's what they want. They want this seat. But right now they've energized me even more and they're not gonna take the seat. Like so they that. better work it even mm-hmm. harder because they've jeopardized my kids. They've jeopardized my family. They think they can threaten me. They think they can scare me. Right now, all that done is that it's energized me more that I'm gonna fight and win this seat for the great people of Georgia because to have someone in the seat that lies to the people shouldn't be in the seat as a senator.
5: What about the $700 check? Is there anybody you can remember sending that much money to?
16: Well, I send money to a lot of people, and that's what's so funny. And Let's go back to my part. You know, I do scholarship for kids. I give money to people all the time, because I'm always helping people, because I believe in being generous. God has blessed me, and I want to bless others. And I got into this race because I'm a Christian. I love the Lord Jesus Christ, and I always tell everyone that. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. So whoever has uh, been out there want to lie on Herschel Walker, you're lying on the wrong one. It's best that you to go somewhere else because I'm going to win this seat for the great people of Georgia because Georgia deserves to have a senator that trusts in the Georgia people and not no one that trusts in Joe Biden like Senator Warnock does.
5: Let's talk about the New York Times piece for a minute. It claimed it went to your hometown. Uh, is it true you have a, a field named after you in that town?
16: I do. I have a field named after me. Uh, I have a street named after me. I do uh, camps. I've been doing them now. And we didn't do them last year for COVID, but I've been doing a camp there for over uh, six or seven years, not just what, for you've been doing my county, camp, but two right? other counties.
4: You, you uh, do I do a fitness, fitness camp
16: because I want boys and girls. Yes. I do a fitness camp for boys and girls because I want to include everyone. And also, I give scholarships to two other counties there as well. I built a gym there in the school as well. So I'm going to continue to help uh, people in my hometown because,
3: you know, they, they really, honestly, yeah. the desperation is so real. That it, 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 this is going to be one of the cases. I, if I was the the DNC and the DCCC, I would have really focused your attention on rookie at pretty much everything besides his job in big tech, Blake masters. That would have just been me as a strategist, not saying that they would have gotten the result that they wanted Herschel Walker is a hero in Georgia. He was a football star. He was a professional football player who, who brought in amazing attention to the state and everything about the area that he grew up in. He's worked hand-in-hand with the military, with mental health organizations, with grassroots things that gets kids involved with fitness, after-school programs, improving education. Uh, you name it, Herschel Walker's done it. He's also created a small business worked in the food industry. And like Devin Nunes said a couple months ago on the show – The House had been courting Herschel Walker for a decade, which means he's been going back and forth with these people who are already in Congress, probably learning about policy, probably learning about how the way things work, and someone who had been like, because of the social choices he made in his personal life, a controversial professional athlete. Did you think bullshit hit pieces like this were really going to, number one, stick, and number two, do anything to deter him? It sounds like he's energized and ready for, you know, this fight down the home stretch. And listen, we've interviewed him three times on Steak for Breakfast. He's talked to me and Noah. He is 100% real, completely informed of everything that we've ever asked him. None of of our interviews. Some interviews that we do, we'll get like, hey, can you hit on this point? Can you hit on that point? Herschel Walker's team's like, he's going to call at this time. It's going to be on the telephone. And you guys can pretty much ask him anything you want about the campaign. And yeah, the
0: only edits are if, as if Zoom fucks up and it clips off or something. Yep. That's, that's it.
3: But, I mean, it's never been like, hey, let me ask you about this policy, foreign or domestic. Let me ask you about, you know, the crime rates in Georgia. Let me ask you about Raphael Warnock's record. Herschel Walker Walker's delivered every single time on this show. I've never seen him be lost in the sauce on any other shows either. Listen, when those guys have the debate, I hope Herschel Walker's team, I know that uh, Sally listens to this show on occasion. Listen, you saw Blake Masters use, use the blueprint for it last night. They go low, you hit his voting record. Mm-hmm. They go lower, you hit where he stands on Biden agenda policies and how that directly affects the people in Georgia. And you guys will be better than fine. Uh, speaking of Blake Masters, he launched a new commercial this week on the backs of uh, some new funding, up to $8 million already funneled in the state. We hope that there's more. Uh, we know that MAGA Inc. is going to be launching their newest set of commercials in Ohio, I think, today. and uh, But let's check out this piece from Blake Masters as he uh, does a victory lap from his debate on Mark Kelly.
9: Rising prices mean that we all have to take a second look at our shopping lists. Set priorities. So let's look at Mark Kelly's. How about hiring 18,000 new Border Patrol agents? Does that sound good? Well, Mark Kelly voted no. what did he do instead? He voted for 87,000 new IRS agents. Mark Kelly kept our border wide open, but he's sending tax collectors coming after you. I'm Blake Masters, and I approve this message.
3: Pretty wholesome. What do you think, Noah? That works. I mean, listen, Blake went back to that point last night so many times. You voted for. You eventually voted for the bill that approved the funding for 87,000 new IRS agents. And to do that, you had to kill appropriations for 18,000 new Border Patrol uh, officers as well. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, several times last night, Mark Kelly tried to go low in the debate. He tried to talk about him being a conspiracy theorist. He tried to say his personal take on abortion was what he would vote on as a politician. And Blake Master says, no, I support the no abortions after 15 weeks. However, I am pro-life. It's, again, up to the states. There, there was a lot of good times where they tried to get him, and uh, I never really saw Blake you know, get knocked on his heels or lose his composure or anything like that. So it's, it's one of those things we saw, and I've mentioned it a couple times already, Uh, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas has been out on the campaign trail. He's in Arizona right now. I don't know if he's going to be sticking around for the Trump rally, but it seems like he's been doing a lot of things positively for, uh, well, Trump adjacent candidates. And we kind of like that. Um, you know, it, 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 it's good to see these guys finally getting out there. I hope to see many of them more. It was kind of a bummer. I don't know what you think, Noah, hearing Senator Mastriano saying that like the establishment GOP has kind of left him high and dry. We know that he's looking for campaign funding and that, you know, uh, some things that are, as we already mentioned, Trump adjacent have poured money into his campaign to launch some of those new commercials. But it is very expensive running up against an establishment uh, progressive yeah. from the Democrat Party down here on the home stretch. But, um, you know, we're just going to have to see. I think Senator Mastriano himself is extremely. Uh, capable of doing this and and he is building like a large following every single place he goes it's reminiscent of what Kerry lake has done in arizona early things that donald trump has done and he's running on that america first plus wholesome family values but let's hear senator cruz on the road in arizona talk about some of these races in the democrat strategy
9: people sometimes get nervous about the abortion factor what have you heard about how that's playing
15: Oh, listen, Democrats are spending hundreds of millions of dollars trying to make this race all about abortion. And and it's a desperate play on their part. But look, (laughs) imagine for a second. All right, Jesse, imagine you woke up tomorrow and you were suddenly four fried chickens and a Coke. (laughs) You you had to run the campaign for him. What would you talk about? You couldn't talk about the economy because the economy has gone to crap under Biden. You couldn't talk about inflation because the price of everything is up. Gas is more than twice as high. Mortgages are three times as high. You couldn't talk about crime because we've got murder rates skyrocketing across the country. You certainly couldn't talk about illegal immigration. And if you tried to talk foreign policy, Biden's surrender to the Taliban is a loser. So they're left with abortion and they're trying to make it all about abortion. And the crazy thing about it is the Supreme Court has returned that issue to the voters. So now every state will decide the abortion laws in their states. The laws will reflect the values of their citizens. It's democracy. And so the Democrats are trying to distract from what really is a failed policy agenda of this white house and this Senate and house
3: before I let and and he's 100% correct there. I Mm -hmm. keep, I can't stress it enough in my short time as a political analyst and commentator. That is right there. What you need the blueprint Mm -hmm. for winning all these debates. And listen, I honestly think you're going to see some Democrat um, candidates right now between now and election day who already have scheduled debates, either, lessen the amount of debates they're going to do. Let's say they were scheduled to do two or three, might only do one. You're going to see people that have agreed to only one after watching that Mark Kelly debacle last night back out and say, you want to know what? Not worth it. Mm-hmm. Not worth it. I'll see you on the campaign trail, and, and we'll settle this at the ballot box. Um, in our last audio clip of the week, and, and the architect of, of some of the stuff that we hope is getting fixed following these midterm elections, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich Uh, I saw him jump on Fox news yesterday again on boomer sweats and was talking about this whole narrative that we've been trying to uh, encompass in this last segment right here regarding, you know, the battleground roundup. Let's hear him weigh in on uh, his take overall
1: have no issues. They have no results. Every time people go to the grocery store, they know the Democrats are losing every time they fill up their car, or truck, they know the Democrats are losing in New Hampshire where Don Baldock is now within three points yep. of the Democratic senator, as people buy heating oil, and as they look at their 401ks in October, uh, I think she's gone, because they're just going to look around and say, this ain't working. This is not complicated.
3: And, and we are going to have the general back on here before Election Day, but I think it's really you know, critical a lot of people... They, they, they start to forget about those races. There's, like, Oregon. We've got some stuff going on. Uh, Washington State, we've got some stuff going on. New Mexico. I don't know if you saw yesterday, Noah uh, Ronchetti, who's, who's the, you know, endorsed candidate out there running for the governorship. Glenn Youngkin shows up and does a whole bunch of events with him. And uh, these guys... The Republican Party right now is really starting to rally itself around each other. And, and hopefully, you know, moving forward, we'll be getting towards those numbers that we need to uh, win back the House and the Senate and have a nice, healthy 35-ish uh, America First governors in this country. What do you think, Noah? Is, is, I mean, this is literally home stretch time. We're going to see what we're going to do with candidates coming in and out of here. This is probably one of our biggest shows in regards to, uh, you know, end of the long year and a half road that we've been on so far uh, regarding these— uh, midterms that are coming up now just uh all-star cast today for sure yeah they were this is going to be a banger Mm -hmm. to say the least so but uh you know we'll just keep an eye on it and and moving forward like we always do we're going to bring you the most powerful voices and uh as much of the news as we can best way to end the week in a while what do you think noah it is the end of the week Come on
0: man and it is the end
3: this is an absolute banger and it is a week and as cash patel would say absolute heater
0: now nah, it was a that was an all-star cast and it's always good to have curry lake back on
3: gotta love carry lake in addition to that we uh you know love all the rest of the guests we have on we'll get to them in a second if you enjoyed this battleground episode of steak for breakfast podcast and want to hear the other 175 editions of the show you can find us across every downloadable podcasting platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podad, a Google podcast, FM player, iHeartRadio, the Patriot podcast network on the Roku app, or even on Frank's speech, subscribe to the show and rate it, leave a review. And don't forget to download this and like, follow and share steak for breakfast content. As Noah already mentioned, show creds go to our amazing guests today future governor of Arizona, Ms. Carrie Lake, future governor of the state of Pennsylvania, Mr. Doug Mastriano. In addition to them, we a couple of fine Congress people that we've had on today. Max Miller, absolute firebrand, and no one's a bigger fighter in this election so far than uh, Sandy Smith, who we had her on the show. It was great catching up with her. In addition to them, some of our internet friends, Kuwait Memes, the Patriotic Babe Accounts, Ultra Garbaggio, Conet Twitter, can't forget them, and Christina Bob of Save America. Friends, don't forget to go out and throw some cash at our partners, because when you do that, the only thing that happens is you help make small American businesses great again. Namely my pillow. Mike Lindell, FBI, Bacon Western Double Cheeseburger.
0: <laughs> I think that's Carls Jr. That's where he that's where he I thought it was. Yeah, Hardy's or something. Hardy's
3: on the East Coast, Carl's Jr. on the West Coast. Oh shit, it's the same store. thing. I'm retarded. May yeah, you get an apparatus bell for that. Jeez. Um, enter promo code steak at checkout you get big big savings if you're more of a morning person they got coffee at my store mypillow.com forward slash steak is the website mystore.com forward slash steak is the other website or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative 1-800-658-8045 the top tier of ear gear and the best damn headphones I've ever owned come from Odyssey gotta check them out make the investment if you're into any kind of in studio work odyssey.com is the website you can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well Patriot Cigar Company just remember you enter promo code steak at checkout you 15% off, $100 off, any, I'm sorry, free shipping on any order over $100, $10 e-gift card in every purchase. It's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. MyPatriotCigars.com is the website. Man rubs. I didn't do any man rubs this week. I did a lot of Italian food, and I brought Noah two out of three dishes that I made, and he enjoyed them both. I haven't, I haven't tried the second one yet. How does it look, though? Looks delicious. Oh, thank you. Nobody, you can't really pass up on Beefy pasta fazool. Mm-mm. So, but yeah, when you buy it, shake it, sprinkle it, rub it, throw it in the cooking apparatus of your choice. It'll eventually cook. You can shred it, pull it, throw it on some kind of a bun or whatever you're gonna eat it with. A little barbecue sauce right in your mouth. Num num num. Oh. Manrubs.com is the website. Find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Stay ready, gear holsters. What do we got this week? You know what? If I was buying Noah a present, let's just say his birthday was coming up anytime soon, I would put- Joe Car- Biden moonwalking. Nope. Carrie Lake on a concealed carry Caddx holster, and they're oh, going to get those yeah. orders out faster. i get behind before. that, yeah. I'm not going to lie. For anybody that's like been close to she fucking glows. I don't know how to explain it. She's got like an aura around her. There are certain people in politics who just have it. She has it. Mm-hmm. She's not even there yet. We're really excited for her. But uh, stay ready Gear holsters. This is the website. You have a promo code to take a check out. You're going to get 5% off there. Uh, check them out on Facebook and Instagram, too. We got uh, Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. Has a pretty simple equation for all your firearm-related needs. Guns, parts, ammo, and accessories. Newly redesigned, easy-to-use website is westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Mediocre Medic for all our first responders. You're going to like everything they've got in their store, and you're going to love their Instagram a little bit more mediocre Medic.com is the website and last but certainly not least listen treat yourself it's like 15 dollars on the drop go get yourself a zero fuck stuck you still don't know go ask mark joe friday dumpbox.us is the website you can find them on all the social medias upcoming shows we're gonna be back on uh monday i'm sorry tuesday of next week we got up well we're bringing more heat christina bob liz harrington and then neil frisch the founder of the national file should be a banger nice not as much as next friday though Patel Nunez, Volume 2. Ooh! You've been warned. Got it. Following week, J.W. Gibbons of The Daily Caller, Jake Denton of the Heritage Foundation, and America First, one of our favorite U.S. house rep candidates, Georgia 10. You might have heard of him. Mike Collins will be joining us. Nice. Paige Willie and John Gibbs will be here on the 21st, and... Connecticut senatorial candidate Trump-endorsed America First Leora Levy will be joining us on the 28th of October. We got a bunch of people filling in. We're going to get with Vish Burra, Gavin Wax, Blake Masters, Don Bolduck, and whoever else wants to jump in here between now and November 8th. So we'll check that out. Things to remember between now and next show is what I'm going to tell you after I tell us friends of the week. Just kidding. (laughs) Truth, social Twitch streamers, Beastie Man, Siberian Kitten, Real Lazy Boss, American Nintendo, Suitcase, C- SM Master, I actually watched one of your uh, Minecraft two-hour videos the other day. Really? My IQ dropped a couple points. <laughs> Burgerman, Indiana Zuma, Jason E. Van Gundy, Some Call Me Tim79, Thomas Bama, Ghost Hammer, 13 Gen Patriot. I'm just talking about True Social there. Switching up to the meme team. Dumbass Photoshop, Mad of America, Real Brenda Memes, Grand Old Memes, The Real Meme DeLorean, Mostly Peaceful. I think that's it. Things to remember between now and... Uh, Tuesday, number one, do your own research. Number two, start a podcast. Noah,
15: little mm-hmm. long, little long,
3: kind of clean. Got eleven clips today. There you go. Number three, let's start talking about American greatness again. We just don't, and we need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump will be talking about it on back-to-back nights this weekend in Nevada and Arizona. And last but certainly not least, let's see what happens. This has been episode one seventy-six of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Programming No, We're going to have Antonette back Tuesday, but be. On behalf of the podcast team who actually showed up to work today, I'm Roan Noah. Later. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Take care.
2: Our nation is is gone mad. I hope y'all like y'all's president Because in a year's time He screwed the whole nation up I told you I don't care how many blind eyes open If I say something like that Wasn't my blind eye, I'm out of here He must be a Republican It only took that man one year To screw the whole country up A year Don't be be looking at me like... No, our nation's gone backwards. A year ago, you were paying $2 a gallon for gas. Yeah, let's take it where you can relate. And you're paying almost $4 now because of his decisions. Yeah, it's his decision. Two million people have crossed our borders uh, uh, from Mexico. Uh, now nah, he getting political. No nah, kingdom. i kingdom. Screw you up. You got and these people coming in don't get they don't get COVID tests. And they aren't forced to get vaccinated. And they put on airplanes. Read your paper. Now they ain't going to put this in, in your paper. They don't report this. But they are flying people who cross the border illegally. Your government is flying them to cities across the United States and putting them up in hotels and paying for them with your money.